Parents, please find a way to relate to your children. Get to their interests. See what they like and try to do it with them every now and then. You'll be surprised how that five minutes of connection will play on them. Um, Women, I mean men, I know you may have been told that being loving and sweet or sensitive was weak or made you soft or punk or gay. But you first have to detach from this homophobic way of thinking in this society and and the fact that being gay is bad, first of all, that's not true. Second of all is that's your superpower, that's your strength, that's your God, that's your God connectivity, that's your divinity, your ability to love. God, to me, lives in the heart. That love, that unconditional compassion, unconditional love is the power. But it starts within first. You have to connect with it. I honestly suggest getting like some rose quartz, clear quartz, and selenite, and you know a candle, and put some intentions in there that that it brings you love, divinity, and connection to God, and you know pure compassion. You know, set set your own intentions, but do these things because I am a living proof that I got such an awakening heart awakening and like enlightenment from doing that within overnight so there is power in intentions there is power in love women i know a lot of times because it's acceptable for us to show emotion in that way of nurturing and love because as a mother there's this misconception that oh a mother's love is different yada 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 there's always this differentiation between male and female masculine and feminine when we all have those energies within all of us no matter the body or gender um but anywho so as women a lot of times the things that we've been accepted or allowed to do we feel so controlled by it because we live in a sexist patriarchal society that it becomes almost an obligation or expectation or a job and that takes the genuine quality out of it because think of anything that you love to do once you start Making it like, oh, I have to do this or yada, yada, yada. It kind of takes the fun out of it. like cooking. Like you may love to cook, but once it becomes like now people don't eat if you don't make the meal or, oh, my God, I have to. Oh, I, I'm so tired, but, oh, I got to cook. It be, it takes the love out of it. It takes the fun out of it. Get back to putting passion into the things that you love. The passion is the love. That's why they say follow your passions. It's basically saying follow your heart. Follow the love, you know. Don't chase it. Be it and attract it. But that's all I wanted to say for now. I will do a video more detail with that, especially when it came to bonding and how my son, who's yelling for me now, <laughs> taught me how to love and how I was rejecting him at first and postpartum depression. Bye-bye. A continuation is basically the moral of the story is I was, you know, just looking at my son and I started singing him. Uh, song and I just wanted to give him a hug and just embrace him. It's like I want to give him so much gratitude. I don't have to do anything if I spank him, if I yell at him, if I do this. He still wants to come to me despite all of my emotions, despite all of my moods, despite the soft emotions versus the hard emotions. And it's like I want to just give him that reciprocity in exchange. I want to love him when his his behaviors and his moods are 
difficult. I want to love him when his behaviors and moods are, to me, uh, acceptable or tolerable. And it's like not putting him in the box and not making him feel like only when you're this way are you going to be accepted by me. Only when you're this way are you going to be loved by me. No, I want him to know that he's going to be loved by, by me regardless while I still instill in him the boundaries and the uh, self-respect and the respect of other people's free will and personal space. That's really all I care about. He is free to do whatever he wants in life as long as he keeps in mind that moral compass of is this affecting someone else's boundaries, personal space that they have laid grounds for, or is this hurting someone's free will or someone physically, mentally, emotionally, like just having those kinds of things in mind, but while being himself not dimming his light, not changing himself to make someone comfortable if it's not something that is physically harming to them. So, for instance, like, oh, let me be quiet because they they, they, they may think I'm too loud. Now, baby, no. Be yourself. If you're loud, then be loud. <laughs> yes, yes or no. I love you, Bob. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, that's all I want to say is just that my son is has unconditional love for me and I have unconditional love for him. I'm loving him no matter down what. And down. Hmm? He's going down. Oh yeah, you can see the voice going up and down. The little um I forgot what those call. Like the waves. Like let's try something. Just be real quiet and see if the waves stop. You see how it got lower? But it still could hear the birds outside. It's pretty cool, huh? All right, guys, so I was just kind of thinking and, you know, I was loading up my stuff in my car to go to my mom's. We're going to go to San Antonio for a little family vacation. And I was thinking about, um, not thinking about, I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> I'm driving and my son's sleeping in the back seat of the car. But, yeah, so um, I was thinking about, uh, I was telling him, hey, you want get, to get this and put that in the car and, you know, just give him little stuff to do. And I started doing that with the groceries and stuff. And it's, I just started thinking, I'm like, moms, dads, but, you know, coming from my perspective, moms, for your sons, I need you to just really sit with yourself and think about what do you want your child to be when they grow up? Who, what kind of man do you want them to be? What kind of father do you want them to be? What kind of spouse do you want them to be? Um... What kind of citizen do you want them to be? And it's like, ask yourself, is your environment cultivating that that type of goal? Um, is your relationship cultivating that type of goal? Is your parenting style cultivating that type of goal? You know what I'm saying? It's like, uh, this isn't a judgmental thing. This is all with grace because it, I've come a long way myself and I'm still growing and I still have my you know hiccups. But, you know, there's just so many things I've learned in motherhood and um, I, I don't have my notes with me, so I can't really go into depth. I may have to make a part twos, part threes. There may be like segments and series to, to the motherhood journey, um, which I'll be doing like all kinds of journeys and uh, like all aspects of my journey and doing like series on them. But for the motherhood, um, like think about it. Like I know for me, my intentions is that my son always knows that his mother loved him and did the best that she could. Um, I want him to understand um, what reciprocity is and to know that and to respect energy, you know what I mean? And like value the what 
his partner is bringing to the table, whether it be uh, a man or a woman, I'm not trying to be discriminatory or anything, but whatever lifestyle he has, just understanding that the value of his partner and just not being manipulative and learning how to express his emotions in healthy ways, um, learning how to have a sturdy foundation of who he is and not allowing other people to, you know, sway him to be a certain way. Like, like I told him, I, like I always say like, oh, say you like um, race cars and you hang with this group and this group's like skateboards or whatever. And they feel like, oh, you can't be liking race cars. We, we a skateboarder click. If those, if those are your friends and you feel like you got to start doing skateboards now because uh, that's what they like. No, I'm going to need you to move around because a true friend, true, the real ones are not going to try to sway you. Yes, they're kids, but I want him to establish that now. And just to be good with it, sometimes you got to go on your journey alone, then that's okay. Because the right people are going to start gravitating you. The people who actually take you for who you are and allow you to unfold and grow and flourish on your own level, on your own uh, pace. And, you know, just be who you, you want to be. You know, I want him to be, um, he doesn't necessarily have to be so traditional uh, and do this gender roles, but I do want him to have some sort of chivalry, you know what I'm saying? Like romance or do being, being sweet, like being balanced within that divine masculine and feminine energy with that reciprocity, like, you know, being able to help, but also being able to receive help, being, being able to be at a, put at a place where he can be vulnerable and, um, you know, ask for help, uh, cry if he needs to, um, get therapy if he needs to, um, you know, just all of these things. So these are some, this is something I feel like as moms, we are being called to do is to like really just contemplate, um, meditate, just really visualize the life that we want our children, um, to have sons, daughters, whatever, you know, uh, I'm just saying sons because that's this is my perspective. But tweak up the information to fit you. Take the message out of it and, and let it resonate with your soul. Come into any video of mine with the intentions that, you know, you stay true to your path and your soul. And that this doesn't turn into influence or consumerism. That it's just about getting the gems that you need to pick and choose. You know, it's like going to a farmer's market. You're just picking a little bit of blueberries, picking a little bit of strawberries. Maybe you don't need watermelons today. So it's kind of like that with the information. Take everything with a grain of salt from any vessel, from any channel, from any person. Because we have a conscious mind and we have our own um, subconscious and, and experiences that can possibly put us in a place of compromise or um, bias. So you have to use your own discernment and your own, um, you know, basically good judgment to see whether something is speaking to you or not. But deep down, you know if something's speaking to you or not. And don't think because it irritates you that it automatically isn't speaking to you. Sometimes the things that ir irritate or trigger us are the things that we really need to look into. Um, doesn't mean it's fact, but it does mean it's something that we may need to look into. But yeah, um, I just want to like uh, put that out there. I will do more videos on motherhood because that's kind of like one of the main, the first things that I did when I started my spiritual awakening journey was wrote like a whole two page blog about motherhood. It's like, it just woke me up. Like motherhood is what sparked my spiritual awakening journey. Honestly, that was like the first thing I did that was empowering to me was get back to writing, which was something that I had stopped doing because I allowed someone to, um, infiltrate my energy and, and, and my spirit with negative, uh, racial, you know, um, 
talk. And it, it just killed my spirit on that. So I gave that up, even though I'm really good at it. But anywho, yeah, guys, I will be doing another video once I get my notes so I can really just kind of get into some other things and some tips and some other solutions for, like, moms because um, we need a lot of support. Dads, too, you know, but I'm like I said, my perspective. But all right, guys, as always, someone who cares, the spiritual activist, peace, love, light, and healing energy. Peace out. Rise and shine your light and opulence, my solution seekers. This is your girl, the spiritual activist. And today I want to talk about uh, motherhood. So like I said, as my purpose in life unfolds layer by layer, you know, being a multifaceted being, there's many aspects to me as a person. I have many labels, roles, and responsibilities, but I don't identify with them. But I know that they are part of my worldly journey to master and to teach with all the trials and tribulations with all of the challenges that they may bring individually and so like for me I'm a woman I'm black I'm a mother I'm a partner in a committed relationship you know um, and so with all of those come there come individual uh, challenges and things that we go through in life that I've I've been called as an individual messenger to you know go through persevere triumph and share what I've learned and how I reflected on these things like I said I don't identify them because I know all that I truly am is a child of God love and light everything else is a layer of this world that I've been that we're here to transcend which is get past to ultimately come back to who you are which is a child of God it's like these things are not to be so um, how can I say concrete or solidified that you feel like that's all you are and that these things are the only thing that define your worth when when you allow the things that this world has labeled you as define your worth, you're going to constantly be in a state of insecurity, um, vacant esteem, low self-worth, low self-love, because these things, when they let you down, you take it as a, a direct shot to who you are. And that's when you have to go back and anchor and recenter back into, like I said, you are ultimately only a child of God. That is the only thing you have to identify with. That is why you are innately born worthy. No one, no thing, no label, no responsibility, no job, no accolade, no credential, no um, money, car, house can say, can give you value. You have to cultivate that value and self-love and self-worth and esteem within yourself. Just constantly reminding yourself of who you are, which ultimately is, like I said, I'm going to continue to say this. A lot of my stuff I will repeat in videos because to you, for a person, a person that may watch all my videos, it may get redundant. But for a person, I have to also consider that everybody's not going to listen to a motherhood video. Everybody's not going to listen to um, whatever other videos. So... If I feel like something is truly a gem and, and tried and true, it may come off as a cliche, but it's it's not. Cliches, believe it or not, have a, so much meaning. And I feel like 
the fact that they get overused and trending and people you know don't want to feel like they're being trendy steer away from gems and true true messages that are tried and true and because they don't want to seem cliche but i'm going to be as cliche as i want to be because i know that those words and those messages are rooted with value and they're they never fail you really so yeah i will continue to repeat things that i feel like is important but getting on to you know i was reflecting a lot on motherhood and i've reflected a lot on this in my whole journey since I've started, you know, really trying to embark on my spiritual uh, awakening journey and just really intentionally healing and just trying to better my life and evolve and change and for the better. Um, but my motherhood is kind of was started off my whole journey. I, you know, I was going through a lot of things. I didn't really know what they were because sometimes I feel like the ego wants to label everything like the society does. But, I mean, I guess you could say it's, you know, teetering on depression, postpartum depression, maternal burnout, um, losing yourself in motherhood, all those kinds of things, midlife crisis. But in the midst of, you know, getting past those, what I deemed as failures are, you know, um, um, like crossroads and roadblocks, I realized that. I was going through a, a, a situation where my identify like, how can I say this? What I was conditioned or feel programmed or saw as what a good mother is, I decided that that was not the life I wanted. And a lot of times in life, I feel like there comes a point where we grow. You know, the only constant is change is sometimes... As we evolve, things that we used to do or, or used to love or that made us happy no longer do. And that can be very scary because it's like an aspect of you is dying. And it is. But death is very necessity, uh, essential in transformation. You have to allow the old to go so that the new can have space to be born. And so... You know, I was letting go of the fact that I may not be the exact type of mother my mom was. I love my mother and I respect her dearly. And I know everything she did was out of great intentions. And I really appreciate her for that because she really did cultivate a person who has a pure, genuine, loving heart. And everyone who knows my mom, you know, knows that like she's so sweet. And so is her mom. You know, they call my grandmother uh you know, all of her great nieces and nephews call her Ain't Honey because she's so sweet. So, you know, my family, I feel like our superpower is the love that we have. And I am kind of ranting because I kind of just go with the flow and what comes on my heart. But back to motherhood. So I started realizing that, you know, what I felt was deemed as the only way to be as a mother was no longer serving what I wanted to be as a mother. You know, I... Yes, I pride myself in cultivating a loving, great citizen, great person. But there's things that I, I may do differently that I feel like my parents didn't do. Not to say that what they did was wrong because they did what I needed for my own journey to cultivate me to be who I am right now. But I truly believe that every generation is about improving and evolving. 
It's not about looking back on the on your parents and saying, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, and having resentment for them, but it's about seeing them as individuals and humans who had their own experiences that created who they were as people and appreciating and respecting and having compassion for that and just, you know, that's what I feel like is a transmutation is, you know, turning something negative into positive. Things that you may have perceived as negative or whatever, or dysfunctional, try to get past those to see the positive things. Choose to focus on the positive, not the negative, because at the end of the day, look at who you are as a person. Are you a good person? Are you a loving person? Is your heart hardened? Do you love family? Is family important to you? If so, then apparently they did something right. A lot of times we are, because our mind is very negatively centered, we tend to focus on the negative, which in thus encapsulates us in nothing but negativity. And that's why our mind is so quick to assume the worst and worst case scenario and just so negative, bitter, and resentful. But I'm on a mission of practicing positivity. To me, God is love and light. So that's what I want to exude as much as possible not saying that you have to be positive or what we deem as happy 24 7 but it means that I don't allow people to try to take my energy you know I try to I allow myself to have my feelings and emotions but I allow them to um pass I allow myself to feel them and pass and not identify or attach to them going back to anchoring like I said to what I am which is a child of God love and light I'm perfect already I go through here are just um you know to help me learn the lessons that I need to do once I learn the lesson move on don't attach to it too much don't overthink it too much but yeah um so I realized like you know with my son I I look at him as like a, a individual a mini adult so I have a, a huge respect for him you know and I don't always just say because I said so or because I'm grown I give him the why I answer those questions I try not to allow him to just you know see the try the struggles that I go through um I am trying to pursue an entrepreneurial career you know as a mother not just for me sacrificing my my individuality as a woman in you know my relationship or in my uh role as a mother you know uh, creating balance like i said everybody's um journey is different there's many paths back to home my journey has been echoed over and over about balance 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 and a lot of you may resonate with this but especially for mothers i'm going to do a lot on motherhood because i feel like there needs to be more of a dialogue and more of a voice for mothers and so that you know, people can have more empathy and compassion for us and really appreciate what we do to bring forth life in our in our children and not see it as, you know, necessarily an obligation or like, well, that's that's what you're here for. That's your only it's natural to you. And, you know, also um, normalizing or redefining fatherhood. You know, um, my son's father, I feel like he's one of the most um how can I say open-minded men that I know, you know, he's willing to hear me out and, you know, do different things to improve and better himself as a father, as a man, and as well as us. And that's why I said a lot of times I haven't made that video yet about pride in that sense, but sometimes we have to humble ourselves and, and quiet that ego and that pride to allow, um, 
us to just learn the lessons that we need to learn you know what I mean and so um but yeah like just realizing that a lot of things about myself were changing as a mother and that was so hard I had such an inner critic but yeah I had such an inner critic and you know it's the voice of the judgment that you know, oh, you're a bad mom. You don't do this. You don't do that. You don't make breakfast every day in the morning. You don't make this full-fledged. <laughs> I'm like, I had to be realistic. I'm like, you're also, you know, your mom was able to do things that you, you can't because you're trying to do something else that she didn't do. You know what I mean? You're trying to be a full-time um, entrepreneur, but balancing that, you know, with family life. And so there's things that you're not going to do. So a lot of times as mom, we, we moms, especially with the social media age and the facade of these perfect moms um, that devote their lives to children. And it's not that that I'm saying that that's wrong. Some that is part of some people's purpose is that they cultivate these great humans, you know, and they dedicate their lives to, to their children. And that is fine for them. It's not a sacrifice for them. But for me, it was becoming a sacrifice to the point where I feel like I was losing myself and becoming even more depressed because I knew that for me that there was more in my journey than just that and so um you know realizing that okay it's okay if he just has oatmeal or just cereal or just um french toast sticks in a microwave like I, or in the oven you know what I mean like I'm I'm done trying to appease this imaginary audience that is judging me and people may judge, but at the end of the day, it's like, you have to say, who cares? You really do. Because it's like, like I'm always saying, you can't win for losing. And there's always going to be someone. But deep down, the people who hate the most are the most, are the, are the wounded ones. They're the ones who are probably envious and they want what you're doing and they want your life. I be, And the reason why I'm saying this is because I used to be that mom. I used to be the mom that judged the other moms who had a life outside of motherhood, who still had time to wear makeup, who still had time to go hang out with their girlfriends, who still had time to go on trips with their girlfriends and who still had time to go on dates with their um, boyfriends and husbands and all these things. And, and they still was able to make this breakfast and cook this and do homeschooling and all these things. I'm like, I used to say, oh, look at them. Where, where's that kid? They out on, on, on a week-long vacation, and where's that kid? You know, I was that judgment to mom. Or look at them. Um, they got this, and, what, you know, it's just all this hater mentality. You have to be able to come have that coming to Jesus moment and, and have that accountability within yourself and say, bro, you, you being a hater right now. That's why I love Insecure, because she really touches on the inner dialogue that we that's healthy. It is okay. It is not crazy to talk to yourself. I don't care what people say. <laughs> like, I do it, and I really suggest that everyone does it in a sense. You know what I mean? Like, it don't have to be walking around in public just talking out loud, but I do a lot of inner dialogue. Um, called It's called contemplation. When I go walking in the park or, you know, or when I go, sometimes I just go into a store and just walk around looking at stuff. I'm thinking, I'm pushing my basket and I'm contemplating. I'm thinking about life. I'm thinking about this lesson. I'm thinking about this situation that happened yesterday. And it's like, my goal is always improvement, self-improvement. My goal is always evolving. My goal is always, um, not perfection, but just striving to be the best me that I can be and to cultivate a family that exudes that same energy. As mothers, we are the stabilizers of our family. 
but it doesn't mean to the point that you are become this sacrificial lamb that you no longer can't do the things for yourself. I feel that myself, not only myself, that a lot of mothers, we're being called to, to cultivate balance, to have these open conversations in a way that's not emasculating your men. You know, you want to look at your men and you want to be able to lean on them and, and, and have them as a provider and protector. You can't get that message across with a delivery that has attitude. Sometimes what we've been through in our experiences create this attitude and this hard shell and we have to soften ourselves. You know, get into the balance of divine feminine and divine masculine energy. The ability to give and receive. The ability to ask for help and actually allow that person to do it. The ability to let your guards down or, you know, allow someone to help you without you micromanaging it or saying, oh, they didn't do it exactly how I do it. Because me, I'm going to tell you right now, confession alert, I'm a control freak. And anything that puts me in a state of, how can I say, submission or what's the word I'm looking for when you, you know, surrender and you're just you're on the receiving end, you know, it puts me in an anxious state and I'm like, Oh my God, my control freak side comes out and I have to, and I'm, but I'm aware of that. And I say, you know what, if my husband is helping me and he's not doing something that's exactly the way I want it to be, but it's helping me get a moment to myself. Why am I going to sit up here and complain and, you know, say this, and, and this is the issue that I feel like is you know, prevalent in a lot of relationships is that we want help, but we want people to do things the way we want to do it. <laughs> you know the saying, if you want something done uh, your way, then you need to do it. Or you want something done right, do it your way. But not as, as to say it's the right way. But what I'm saying is sometimes you have to allow people to help you without, you know, judgment or ridicule or critiquing. Sometimes quiet that critic, that inner critic sometimes comes and becomes the outer critic. And you have to realize that that's what I'm saying. Constantly center back to self-accountability and cultivate that within your partner, within your household, family. It doesn't have to be, you know, your partner may not be a man. I'm, I'm not my like I said, a lot of my stuff is just coming from my perspective. I'm a woman in a heterosexual relationship, you know, with a man. So I'm going to do a lot of um, referencing to things in my situation. But like I said, tweak and personalize my message to fit your life. Don't lose the message in who you think I'm delivering it to. I'm not delivering it to anyone specific in a sense. Of course, mothers right now. But like I'm saying is the life doesn't have to look exactly like mine for you to take the message and the meaning out of it. But, um, yeah, so basically, you know, those are a lot of some of the things that I was changing and altering about my um, thing. Like I don't, I really, I really try hard not to spank my son. Do I slip up? Yes, another confession. But after that, it's a do I yell? Yes. But you know, um follow the mom psychologist on Instagram too, guys. She's really great. But I love her 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 delivery because she talks a lot about positive parenting but also being real. Like you can discipline your child and teach them boundaries and teach them um things that they need in this life while still embodying love, unconditional love. So like when my son does something that People may portray, like, perceive as difficult, bad, hyper, yada, yada, yada. For one, never giving him no um, drugs. He's never going to be diagnosed with ADHD. I don't care what people say. He's an energetic child. God gave me him for a reason. For men to have, to, for a mother to have an energetic child, 
You've been called to cultivate a child that does not label themselves because believe it or not, you're going to be constantly put in situations where people are going to project how they feel about how you're raising your child based on his energy level. Don't internalize that and feel like you're a bad mom and feeling guilty or shame and don't allow that child to internalize that and feel like they're bad. Something's wrong with them. They're too hyper. These are the things that as mothers, we have to ensure. Do the best you can and, you know, give yourself grace. We're not perfect. Whatever they go through in life is their journey, too. It's not about controlling their journey, but it's about as a parent, you know, we, we're constantly learning. There's no end all be all. There's no cure all for being the best parent because every child is different. It could be twins and one child could be totally different. You have to use a totally different method to um, to get the message across. It's like becoming a master of self. That's why I say what I say is not the cure, but it can be used to spark something within your own soul to resonate with you. Go into any message of mine with the intentions or prayers that it opens you up to get the message that is specifically designed for you. Like when I used to get like synchronicities and numerologies, I noticed it. I'm like, these are not the numbers that I see everyone else talking about. And I'm like, my numbers were always balanced numbers. Like it would be 1001, which would be 1001, or it would be um, 1221, or, you know, basically it was all about balance. It's not to overthink. It's about what are you thinking about when you see numbers? What are you thinking about when you get these messages? The message is specifically for you. It's not for anybody else. So Googling it may not get it unless you set a prayer or intention to receive, you know, the message that you're trying to receive. But I realized that it was just a constant reminder, balance, balance breathe you're okay it's balanced you're trying to you you and and with me and my my human design of being very extreme finding black and white i had to learn how to see the gray not be so um obsessive in one way or obsessive in another way but finding a happy medium within within the scale it's a spectrum guys it's not all in motherhood all in your spouse all in um your job it's about cultivating the balance of all a little bit of this a little bit of this okay at the end of the night i'm going to spend time with my family phones away jobs away that's done um while my son's at daycare i'm going to focus on work and when he comes home work is done you know what i mean like creating the balance creating the balance in your relationship creating the balance in everything and so these are the things that i started implementing in my life that i didn't see as a mother and so as that ego starts to die that false sense of self of what we feel like makes us worthy as a mother, as a whatever, as a person, whatever role and identity you've identified with is challenged and altered. You feel like you're dying because it is that version is dying and you're telling it that, no, I don't have to be that way. And I can constantly change and tweak and evolve it as I see fit. You know, I, I love talking to my son. Some people, some parents feel like they don't have to explain nothing to them. And they, they look at them as just like a kid. And you have to ask yourself, you know, I was, I'm, I'm reading a little bit of the Bell, Hook book, Bell Hooks book about all about love. And, you know, she talks about how who's fighting for the kids. You know, you got people marching for women's rights, black rights, um, all these rights. But where are the rights for children? A lot of times I feel like we, we perceive them as burdens or like. It's just we get so tunnel vision of 
it's just a job. Do this, do this, do this, do this routine that we forget to just stop and give them our undivided attention and love, which is really all they will ever feel and know. You know what I'm saying? And and so that's what I try to do is not focus so much on I, I didn't get it. <laughs> I didn't do this or he watched He had a little bit too much screen time or um, yada, 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 you know, or, you know, just beating myself up. So, you know, I want to talk, I like to talk to him, explain things. I'm trying to think of other things that I do that, you know, allowing him to, um, to explore different things, not, you know, pre, uh, determining what he's going to be, what he's going to do based on what I like. Not saying that that's something I went through, but you know, I'm just reflecting on a, a lot of ways that a lot of things that children, you know, go through being a preschool teacher for like um, three over three years and being a teacher overall for probably about five I've had a lot of you know experience with children and I'm using those tools a lot of times we don't realize the things we've gone through and the experiences we've had and the um, training we've had from something we thought was so stupid really can be a deeper message and that that goes into a video I'm going to do about the tools using the tools you've gained through life Using the pain that you gain through life, turning into power, turning into um, things you can reach back into as your arsenal. Like now, I need to harness that teacher, um, that teacher tool that I got, that experience. I need to use that right now with my son. I need to use that nurturing thing with this or that. You know, all these tools that we get. I need to use that multitasking tool right now. Okay, now I need to use the, my divine feminine energy and I need to rest. I need to stop being on such a go, 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 go and just sit down and be like, you did enough. Whether anyone tells you that or not, you have to be your biggest cheerleader. You cannot rely on outside people to give you validation. Or like I said, it's kind of with um, earlier when I was saying you relying on, on, on things to give you value and worth. You're going to always be left um, disappointed because that's an expectation. You're allowing a person who is flawed. We come here encapsulated with shadows, with traumas, with all these things. So it's like you're relying on a person who has their own set of things to master and heal and transcend and, and you know, go through. And you're relying on them to be perfect, to be God. When you feel that, turn to God, turn to your faith, have the belief that you are taken care of. You're going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. These things you're going through, God knew it already. He knew that you could, you could go through it. God doesn't put more on you than you cannot bear. My child may be a challenge in, at times, but I also have to look at why is he a challenge right now? Am I overexerting myself? Because a lot of times we point and deflect on the child or the outside force, and you get mad at your man, you get mad at your son, you get mad at the world, you get mad at sometimes spirit, not realizing it's none of these outside things that are the problem. The real problem is within yourself. Are you not speaking up? Are you not establishing boundaries? Are you not confessing? Are you not venting? Are you not asking for help? Are you doing too much that's making you in this energy of burnout or, you know, whatever these negative low energies you have to take control and that's part of being the co-creator and that's part of the journey and learning how to alter your own energy that's the alchemy that's how you change the energy within yourself is taking that having that awareness 
having that accountability and then then tapping into that divine masculine energy and making things happen, taking action. So that's why I say it's it's all a balance. Taking action to rest. That's the balance of the feminine and the masculine. When I think of yin and yang, that's what I think of. It's not about man. First of all, when you hear feminine and masculine energies, take the image of a man and a woman away. It's not about that. It's just more about because men and women both have both energies within themselves. And I feel like society has made it hard for us to embody both of these energies because of the programming and the systematic things that are set up, you know, um, how we are programmed as children that, you know, that's a whole nother story, but I'll, you know, I'll get into like why I feel like, you know, it's harder for women to do certain things and harder for men to do certain things and easier for women to do certain things and easier for men to do certain things based on how we are raised and brought up to believe and you know what we can get away with and what we can't get away with based on our gender when like I said you're not your gender you're not your age you're not your race you are love and light that's it you are a spirit of soul that has come to earth to learn the things that you need to learn so that you know you can elevate this collective mind that we have Getting back into your faith with God, having that rebuilding that stability, that root rooted in faith, rooted in God, rooted in believing that everything is okay. And like I said, a foundation built in faith won't fail. Having these things that these mantras and these quotes and these inspirations and these affirmations that you say to yourself every day, please tell yourself every day, I am worthy. I am safe. I belong. I am enough. Just the way you are. Because you're born that way. You don't lose it. You lose sight of it. With your mind. Sometimes get out of your head and get into your heart. Feel. Open your heart. Soften it. Allow love to come in. These defense mechanisms that we build to stay safe only block your heart. You're thinking you're just blocking it one way and like, okay, now it can't get hurt. But you're also blocking it from the other end, meaning that no one can get in. No one can actually give you love when they're trying to. These are the things I'm learning and that I'm cultivating in my journey as a mother, as a woman, as a, um, a wife, as everything. I'm building the foundation to learn the lessons that I need to learn and to share my experiences and my reflections on life with you. So that hopefully something I say touches you in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, in your soul. It uplifts you and you know that you are okay. I want to tell you if no one has told you, I love you. I'm proud of you. Thank you for everything that you're doing. You're doing a great job. Keep pushing. Don't stop. Give yourself grace. God has not forsaken you. God has not given up on you. It's your job to realize that so you don't give up on yourself. And if you have lost your way, I've done it several times. Come back. Come back. It's okay. Cry. Shed emotions. Scream. In a pillow, scream in your house, you know, let it out. Let these emotions out. Feel angry. It's okay. Let these emotions out. You need it. 
Crying is cleansing to your soul. It's cleansing to your energy. It washes away everything. Allow it. As always, guys, someone who cares, the spiritual activist, keep God first. Peace, love, light, healing energies. I love you guys. Peace out. Good morning, guys. Can y'all believe I'm still sore from working out Saturday? It's crazy how your muscles have a delayed reaction to working out, especially when you haven't been doing it in a while. I was like, dang, I'm getting sore as the days go on. I thought it was supposed to be the opposite. But anyway, I wanted to get on here to talk about something, you know, that I feel like is really passionate of mine, but I kind of lost sight of it a little bit, and that happens time to time. You know, you, like I said, we're in the age of the information and everybody's perspective and everybody's whatever opinion, and we don't know what's real, what's true, what's fact for us um, because we're being bombarded with so much information and this technology, the phones in our hands, is just everything's at a click of a button. So it can get really overwhelming really fast, especially when you are a very compulsive or obsessive or analytical person. You know, you know, we fuel critical thinking in this society. So that's applauded versus, you know, surrender and release, relinquishing control and, and leaning more into faith. So a lot of times it can be just a trickle, a fickle or slippery slope to more anxiety, just creating this vicious cycle. But anyway, I I started reflecting on like more of my sense of purpose. And yes, it's the black community. Yes, it's black families, but more specifically, it's, you know, um, black mothers. Um, because I feel like right now, a lot of women are going through um, mental breaks and, you know, having a lot of issues and you know, with the new age spirituality and everyone's perspective on the spiritual or energetic reasons why people are going through these things, they honestly don't always really help because it can fuel a lot of traumatization, a lot of fear, a lot of paranoia, a lot of conspiracy theories, because it's really just someone's symbolic or creative perspective. We don't really know if that's fact. That's not necessarily proven. And we're just putting our faith into their perspective, even with me. But what I feel like mostly it started with the pandemic. You know, being home, having a young codependent child, I understand the challenges. And it's like it made me reflect on what initially started my awakening, which was my first blog that I ever wrote after, like, giving up writing you know, from being discouraged in school from teachers who didn't believe in me. But my first blog was Motherhood Life. I mean, uh, I, dang, it's sad. I forgot my own, the title of my own blog. But I believe it's um, Life After Motherhood, A Journey to um, Finding Myself. But, um, yeah, the link is in, it's on this um, podcast, so you can check it out if you want. But, yeah, it's basically... I feel like, you know, this pandemic was already a stressful moment. You know, it's scary. And as a parent, as a mother, your number one goal and purpose once you become a mother is to protect your child. And that comes with a lot of stressors and, you know, not having, feeling like you have all the tools, even though you do, but not feeling like you have all the tools consciously in your awareness 
can pose even more stress. And it's like you have these little lives in your hands. And I want to give all the mothers out there some motivation. If you're at home and you're a stay-at-home mom, or if you're not, but specifically for the ones who are stay-at-home and like that's like their sole responsibility, just know that as a mother, that job is worthy. It's one of the most worthy jobs you could ever possibly have. And I don't say job to to feel like it's something that should be, you know, um, um, how can I say, regretted or uh, dreaded, but just know that what you do is just as worthy as any nine to five, any career, any other thing, because what you're teaching and instilling in your child, what you're cultivating is a whole human life in multiple lives for some. So if you're a mom and you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling like you don't have your sense of purpose, just know that your life does not end after motherhood. Your life is just beginning. You're stepping into a new chapter, a new phase into your life, and it's not over. Whatever you think about, reflect on the things that you used to like to do, uh, that you wanted to do before you had that child. You know, if you wanted to go to school, go back to school. If you wanted to take up a trade, pick up a trade. If you want to go back to work, figure out a way to go back to work. Release the guilt around, oh, I can't put my child in daycare and, and this and that. Honestly, these children need their interdependence. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, interconnectivity. They need um, human interaction just like we do. You think they want to, they going to get tired of seeing you too. It's just you and that child. Come on. <laughs> like they need, no, especially for the parents who don't like, you know, believe in watching TV and all that kind of stuff. Like what literally are they going to, when, when are they going to learn the life skills that come from dealing with other people? You know, and this is not a judgmental uh, statement or, you know, this is just my perspective from how I feel when I don't have the interconnectivity, when I don't have in the in the whole life balance wheel, social is a big part of it. We are social beings. That's how we connect. That's how we learn. That's how we model. That's how we grow and evolve by watching and observing and seeing what we do and don't like and what feels right and what doesn't feel right. Um, learning from example. Um, but yeah, I just want you to know that you are worthy, you are enough, and what you're doing is creating legacies. It's creating an effect that is going to ripple past time. A lot of people out here seeking their purpose, and you don't realize your purpose is standing right in front of you, a couple feet tall, saying, Mommy, 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 <laughs> making your nerves bad. <laughs> you have to start to reframe and rewire your mind to know that motherhood is a beautiful thing, Yes, it's stressful. We have to normalize our children getting on nerves and wanting to have space, wanting to have a break, wanting to have wear a hat that's not just a mom hat, wanting to wear a hat that's, you know, your name. Like, I want to be Jessica, for example. I don't want to just be mom all the time or I don't want to just be wife all the time. I want to have friends and social life and I want to work out or I want to, um, you know, get in shape or, you know, but I want to do things for me and that is okay. And this goes for you too, dads, but you know, I, I can only speak from my perspective, but these, this advice goes for dads as well, you know? Um, but yeah, especially the, the ones who are stuck at home or, you know, taking on more of the homemaker role, because a lot of times I feel like that role is very undermined and, 
um, undervalued and unappreciated. It's kind of like teachers. It's like these selfless jobs that don't have the hierarchy in our society, that don't have the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the accolades or it's not even that, that it's like where people don't find it as important or, um, just up there, you know, it's like those can pose a lot of internalized feelings of insecurities, inferiorities, because, oh, they don't, they don't get paid for a lot for it, or they don't get paid at all for it. Or, you know, society says that, 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 that doesn't get a lot of attention or recognition and validation. And like I said, we are humans. We, we thrive off of validation, whether it's what other, whatever kind of love language it may be, but validation is some form to let us know that what we're doing has purpose and what we're doing matters. And especially as a mother, we go through life, we don't really hear it for the first probably three or five years because that child may not know how to communicate the things that we need to hear, which is, thank you, mommy, or I love you, mommy, or you're doing a great job, mommy, or I'm proud of you, mommy, and all these things. And it's like, so we're going through life doing this selfless job that is very taxing, very hard to maintain. Uh, You know, realistically, it comes with a lot, very multitasking, which fuels anxiety as well. You know, monotasking is a little bit uh, more achievable, but we're doing these things that are being um, downgraded and not seen as uh, extensive, you know, jobs. It takes a lot to run a tight ship and, you know, you need to pride yourself. If your child is is fed, clothed, they're, they're up to date with, with their health. You're balancing a whole life along with your whole life. And if you're balancing multiple little lives, and that is a lot, you need to pat yourself on the back. If you have done nothing else but be a mom, that is enough. Like, I really want you to sink that into your core being. I love you guys. I really do. And moms, we are super women. You know, a lot of people don't understand embarking on journeys with the children, the struggles that come along with it. And, the, and you know, we're carrying all of our own baggage. And for the mom who is progressive and really trying to evolve and break cycles, that's hard to go through all of these transitions while still trying to be a beat and show your child positivity while helping them self-regulate, while helping them understand their feelings, while helping them um, be better people, have positive self-image, you know, as uh, having a little black boy or a little black girl, helping them um, see positive representation with there rarely being anything out there on, on the YouTube channels, on the commercials, on the cartoons, rarely any little people that look like them, you know, so you're trying to seek and find it or create it yourself. All these challenges that come with it, you know, trying to keep your relationship and the spark alive with that. And if you're a single mother, it can even be even more taxing, you know, so it's like, or a single parent in general, like I said, I'm speaking from my perspective as a single, I mean, not a single, as a mother, but this goes to fathers. Just like I said, I'm here for the black family because that is a construct that I feel like has fallen beneath the cracks and especially mothers right now, specifically because a lot of women, especially with children, are going through um, psychological traumas and issues and they're not really being guided to real solutions that I feel like are helping them. It's really just 
feeding them false um, hope and, and, and putting them in these false illusions and these um, situations or circumstances that's not really getting to the root of their issues. And a lot of it is postpartum depression, um, just um, regular depression, anxiety, stress, but all really coming from this being sedentary for so long, being isolated for so long, being, uh, quote unquote, stuck with your child or children for so long, um, you know, and that can be taxing. It is okay to to want to break. It is okay to want to leave your child with someone else. Don't let people guilt you or make you feel like you cannot or you don't deserve that break or you're a bad mom because you want that type of break. Until they do it, until they're doing it, and even if they are doing it, you don't know what they're doing behind closed doors. You don't know how many supplements, pills, uh, liquor, you don't know what, what they're doing to cope with it. While they come out to you and with the smile on their face and looking all together like Susie, a homemaker, um, you know, Miss Suburbia, whatever. Don't let it fool you. Everybody has a closet filled with their own skeletons. Just know that you're human and everything you're going through is normal and it's okay. But you have to seek help. Find people who you know understand you. a lot of times I follow moms because it's like I can't take advice from somebody who really don't know what it's like to have a child of their own. Even if you taught children or whatever, you really don't understand until you just are with this child 24-7 or with children, your child 24-7. It's different. I I taught children. I would have a class of 20-something kids, but I'm like, how can I... How was I teaching 20-some kids when I barely can handle this one? And it's like, these are the things that we don't like to have, you know, these mom confessions and these things that, you know, being vulnerable and just speaking our truth. I love my son to death and motherhood and my being a mother is a big part of my self-image and my purpose. And I'm coming back to the love of that and knowing that the importance of that. And my husband, he's constantly reminding me and doing things for me to show me that he does appreciate me being a good mom. He's always telling me a good mom. And luckily my son, such a wise, smart, beautiful soul is always telling me as well. And he's only three. He's like, mom, I'm proud of you. Mom, I love you. Mom, you're my best friend. Mom, this, thank you, mom. All these things. He shows me appreciation constantly. He shows Everyone appreciates He's Like I said, such a sweet soul. Like, I love this boy. Um, you know, losing a child, going through that, the grief of that, it's just like there's so much in my motherhood journey that has created the woman I am today. You know, battling with depression, anxiety, and um, a lot of stress. And, you know, this letting go of all these spiritual perspectives that I was harboring that honestly have wreaked havoc on my life has turned a new leaf and I'm I'm just trying to regroup now and rewire my brain to be more in the reality of my life and just not dissociating from it because it was that unbearable to handle. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say for right now. Um, I love you guys. Peace out. Rise and shine your light and opulence, my solution seekers. It's your girl, the spiritual activist, coming to you again with another quick message, word, theory, whatever. Um, but today I wanted to just do a little quick mom confession, uh, just to kind of show you, like, 
um, to help out that mom out there who may be feeling feeling guilty about the small things. But anyway, so today's my son's birthday. Happy birthday to him. I love him so much. But um, I was doing his hair in the mirror, and sometimes I, you know, you got to do, do what you got to do. So I was letting him <laughs> throw the um, his toothbrush and the and the water, filling up the sink with water, and playing with the the container of um, leave-in conditioner, letting them float it in the water like a boat, doing whatever I can so to distract him while I do his hair. And then he got restless. He's like, no, Mom, I'm ready to um, to get down. And so I'm like, no, come on, let me finish your hair so we can take the pictures and, you know, you can send it to your grandmother and grand, uh, and Papa and, you know, and, and Daddy, and you can go to school and, um, and, and, and you know, um, have your hair done for school and all this stuff and for your birthday he's like no I don't want to he started throwing a fit <laughs> you know what I got desperate and I said hey do you want your cupcakes and he he instantly stopped and was like yeah and I said okay well come on let's hurry up so we can um finish and then you can go to school and eat your cupcakes but did I beat myself up about doing that no sometimes you gotta stoop a little bit low and do something out of your normal um parenting uh what what, would I say parenting style or method to get something done and it's no shame or guilt around it um this is a safe space my podcast this platform is a place where I vent how I feel and nothing or no one can make me feel bad about it because I've cultivated that within myself the things that people are rarely vulnerable and rarely honest truly about the things that happen in their lives and I'm embarking on this journey with full bravery to put a lot of stuff out there so that hopefully my story and my self-confidence that I'm cultivating and self-acceptance that I'm cultivating, giving myself grace, will be an inspiration for any other moms, um, you know, women, black uh, people like out there. So yeah, I just wanted to say that for the mom out there who sometimes may slip up and, and bribe their child with a little piece of candy to go pee pee on a potty or, or, you know, who may, you know, give a small, you know, punishment threat, you know, just to get something done. Like we as moms and parents, we, it's a lot. And sometimes we don't have the tolerance or we're not, um, centered enough or how can I say like we're just not in a place where we can deal with the difficult behaviors that our children exemplify sometimes it's not that we don't love them and you know we're angry at them but sometimes to make it a little easier in ourselves we do something that's maybe out of our norm out of our norm you know what I mean so I just want to kind of share that story that little confession and I also feel that confessions are very liberating and empowering because you're putting that vulnerability out there and believe it or not more than you know somebody else can share the same uh type of feeling and it's kind of part of the coming out of the spiritual closet I talk about um destigmatizing things and being your authentic self not hiding the quirks or the weird things that you do for fear of judgment or being considered crazy because rarely are we crazy the the crazy people are the people who haven't who suppressed themselves so much that that's what drove them crazy not because they are being quirky or goofy or weird i'm like weird is normal <laughs> weird is the normal there is no norm the norm is weird or you know or um diversity different like and these are the things that we need to accept to cultivate a world of peace and love and harmony but yeah i'm gonna end this up but yeah so guys as always someone who cares a spiritual activist peace love light and healing energies be open to receiving them 
I love you guys. Keep God first. Peace out. Okay, guys. So my voice is getting better, but I had lost it over the um, end of this week. Um, but I'm just coming on here to do like a mom confession. And so my son is very, very energetic. Um, some people may even feel like he has ADHD or something. I've gotten that a lot from people. Um, sometimes I even question them, just being honest. But I don't, I'm never going to put that label of diagnosis on him because I don't want him to feel defined by it and feel limited by it. But does it get frustrating? Does it get um, overwhelming, exhausting sometimes? Yes, because he's always on 10. He rarely runs out of energy. You know, even when he's sleepy, it's like he goes from 10 to 100. But it's like that conscious parenting kicks in. And it's like I try to have compassion because it's like I think about it. It's like he's an image of me and my husband. Me and my husband both the same. We don't like we we don't be sitting still for nothing. We move around all the time too, and we both talk a lot too, and that kind of something that runs in both of our families. So it's just like he's literally an image of us. We can't really be mad at him, but we still are human. So sometimes we get we do get irritated. And my confession is that yes, I do snap sometimes when my patient meter is patience meter has gone dry. And I'm on a burnout level, and I've told him the same thing 20 times, 30 times. I've had to redirect him 20 times, 30 times. Yes, I snap. Yes, I yell. Yes, I've even spanked him. Yes, I, I, I still do those things. Am I trying to limit them and avoid them and go do everything and exhaust all my options before it gets to that point? Yes. But sometimes some things don't work and don't get their his attention like those other things do. And, you know... I do feel guilty. I do feel shame sometimes, but I also realize that you teeter back and forth from your higher self to, you know, always. And I give myself grace, and I know I, at the end of the day, I, I go to recovery mode when I do those things. I try to tell him I love him, and, you know, no matter what, and that I accept him no matter what. But, you know, you do have to realize that you, you're looking at your child in his viewpoint of, Oh, you just, well, you so this or you so that. But it's like, really, you just like him. So you really can't be mad. But, yeah, that was my confession is that I do snap at my child. I do yell at him. I do spank him sometimes. But overall, I try to exhaust all conscious parenting and try to implement whatever gentle parenting techniques that I feel like are worthy that are not necessarily a colonized viewpoint or, you know, just Eurocentric standards, but more well-rounded in something that's realistic because I don't believe in um, eradicating all traditions in, in parenting because black people have been raising children and white people's children for centuries. So um, I'm not I'm about preserving traditions and eradicating things that um, are no longer needed. But in, until I feel like something's no longer needed, I'm going to continue to use it because at the end of the day, I, my job is to raise a citizen, a decent citizen, a decent human being in this world and teach them and understanding life, uh, basic life skills and how to survive out here, you know, um, and consequences are one of them and boundaries are another one. So these are things that I try to instill in him constantly, but it is going to take a practice and he's going to make mistakes. That is how we learn. We are adults and we're still making mistakes. So just want to put that out there. As always, peace, love, light, and healing energies. Keep God first. Peace out. So, mom confession number two or whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to keep count. But so I was struggling to put my clothes or well, pull my clothes out the dryer because we got like a little uh, small space in a sense where our washing dryer goes. And I had like a little flashback to being pregnant and frustrated because my control freak nature had me needing help. 
And it's like, damn, like, dang, because I was thinking, if I was pregnant, this would be even so hard because my belly would be in the way. I wouldn't be able to bend over this door like I am right now. And I was like, uh, but yeah, so I was thinking about when I when I hated needing help and like being helpless in a sense and just having to rely on other people to do things for me, like simple things like, you know, I was sweet, but then I couldn't pick the trash up in the dustpan. You know, once I swept it in the dustpan, I couldn't pick it up because I didn't have the little one with the stick on it. And also the main reason, because that meant I had to ask for help. I had to ask for it and face the fear and risk of rejection or being told no, which I feel like is something that a lot of us, you know, hey, we don't want nobody to just give us a hard time or just we got to hear them they run their mouth and, and, and everything. Oh, people feel like you asking for something now, you owe them something or, or you know, they just got to hear your mouth. People feel like if you need me, now I'm in some sort of power or you owe me or whatever. So we, we deal with a lot of that stuff. It, it also mean, meant like dependency and vulnerability. I now fully embrace, though, as one of my superpowers, along with my empathy, sensitivity, and compassion for all, their vulnerability. And so I just want you to know and think about that is if you are a control freak like me, <laughs> if you OCD like me, just know that you're going to always feel depleted and out of control if you keep trying to be in control. I know it's hard to understand, but it's like you're going to always feel out of control because you really can't control anybody or anything but yourself. And so you keep trying to control every situation, do everything, and you're going to be depleted. Let somebody help you. Let your man help you. You know what I'm saying? Ask for help. Verbalize it, but not in a, don't wait till the end when you're about to pop and, and then you come off with the attitude and you trigger it and all this other stuff. And it's like, oh, you don't do none of that. Don't, don't get to that point. I'm trying to tell you do it and talk and have compassionate conversations and, you know, ask people for help. Or, you know, if you need someone to help watch your children while you do something for yourself, do it. Because, like I said, you can't pull from an empty cup and you don't want to get burnout. So these are preventative measures, you know what I mean? And it's okay to want to have some level of control. It's your life, you're right. But you you don't want to do it. Nothing is to the point of depletion. I'm always talking about that. So just, you know, allow people to help you. Allow things to kind of mess up sometimes. It's okay. Allow things to be out of order sometimes. It's okay. Allow things to be messy sometimes. It's okay. That's the reality. Everything isn't picture perfect like you see on social media and all these Susie Homemaker moms who, yes, I make my son five meals a day, all dairy-free, gluten-free, 100% natural, and you thinking like, oh my God, for the mom like me, I'm not saying every mom thinks like this, but I know for a, for a mom who's an overachiever and who has perfectionism in their mind and who's obsessive, their mind is very obsessive and like very like self-critical. You're going to look at that mom and say, oh, to be a good mom, I got to I gotta do this, I got to do that. I, I'm a bad mom if I don't make all this for my... No. Your, your life and your circumstance may be totally different from that person. They may can afford all those things. You may, can, you may can't afford that, and that's okay. Like, you're working towards things. Like I said, when you're starting from the bottom and you don't have all the resources, all the tools, all the, the privileges, all the the um, foundation that another person has had had you cannot compare and that's why comparing is such a dangerous thing because you're looking at their end result and comparing it to where you at right now you don't know what they went to to get to that point people don't show you the process they don't show you the ugly and i mean the ugly even when people try to show you they don't show you the ugly 
uh, relationships. They don't show you the arguments they done had, the fights they done had. They just show you, oh, we're sitting here great now. And, and that's okay, too, because everybody don't need to know your business. But what I'm saying is for you who's watching these people as an influencer, you need to know that you don't have to ask somebody, hey, y'all argue? Yes. They have had arguments. <laughs> That's human. It's about embracing conflict, embracing the mess. Life is all about embracing the good, the bad, the beautiful, and the ugly. You know what I'm saying? So just, it's like I said, this came to me the other day. It's like something can ring into my head. The saying of there's something freeing about releasing control. There's something freeing about, for me, knowing that God that this battle is not mine. At the end of the day, I'm just playing a part in it. And God's will is God's will. And I just need to sometimes surrender and let and let go and let God <laughs> and just let him do. And and I just do all I can. After you've done all you can, you just stand and you pray and you have faith. You lean into that faith. You lean into love. You lean into positivity. But know that positivity doesn't mean you can't express your emotions. Positivity doesn't mean that you can't honor those emotions when they come up. If you feel pissed, if you feel frustrated, if you feel defeated, honor that. If you feel anxiety, honor that. If you feel overwhelmed, honor that. These things are hard to carry. These are all emotions that we're carrying on our shoulders that we have been repressing for a while. And the more aware and uh, you become of this, you become an observer of yourself. You know what I mean? And you, you come from this higher perspective and sometimes you allow yourself to do it and then you need to tap more into your higher self and say, okay, it's time to get out of that energy. You know, I allow myself to feel this stuff, but what am I going to do now? And when I talk about higher self, it's basically more of that... Um, the aspect of you that's able to work through things, that's the motivator. Your higher self is kind of like your personal trainer or your coach or your cheerleader. You know, that, that voice and that observer that is motivating you, that is pulling you out, that is able to give you the advice that you need when you talk to yourself in your head or out loud, hey, do what you do. Um, may not want to do that in public, though. <laughs> but it's just that the aspect of yourself that brings you out the dark spots, brings you out of it, you know, pulls you out that you lean into. And for some people, that's their, that's their voice. And for some people, they lean into it with prayer because that's the highest of, of, of a high. But you have to know how to have a, a sense of a sovereignty, autonomy, and personal power and be able to do that with yourself and not always go to God because, like I said, you do play a part in your life. And God, think of God as like your parent. At some point, your parent is releasing you to do things on your own. And you you will make mistakes. That's how we learn. Think about your child. That's why I say children are the best teachers. You want to learn something? Don't don't let your pride make you think that a, a young person can't teach you nothing. My son, three years old, and he teaches me something every day. Children are the, in essence, who we are meant to be before we get conditioned. <laughs> Everything from their physiology, how their body uh, function is, how they think, how they do before uh, prejudices and, 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 you know, marketing programs our mind to do certain things. They're the, they're the purest essence of what we should be leaning to being childlike, you know, and not the immaturity. But you know what I mean? Leaning to 
how would you be if no one else told you, if no one else was watching you, if no one else told you this is what you should be doing and shouldn't be doing, you know? But, yeah, this was a little bit of a mom confession with a little bit of gems. Thoughtful Thursday. <laughs> but, all right, guys. Peace out. Love you. If you have a child that is, you know, physically in some way that is labeled as an an inferiority or like a social setback or a physical setback. So, for example, if you have a son or you're raising a young black boy and he's small in stature compared to all his friends, don't let him, don't you internalize that, you know, he's less than or he's not going to be able to perform the same or he's not going to be able to do this or that because he's going to have enough of that around him. You have to create the foundation so that he knows um, his worth is more than his size or his stature because then he'll, he could develop that little man's um, complex or little man's syndrome where he feels inferior, insecure, and, you know, um, depleted or just insecure overall of itself. Like I said, self-acceptance is one of the greatest things that you can have. And sometimes just coming to terms with, if my son is small, my son is small, and not make it such a big deal like society does and, you know, the how the media portrays and makes fun. Yeah, we rag on it and everything, but size is not going to determine a person's heart. And that's why I say the, our physical attributes are great and they're fine that we like and appreciate them, but don't let them get in the way of what of the deeper what's more sustainable to you as a person and your um, your worth. Your worth is more about your heart and your uh, character and your personality and your ability to be a decent individual. So for my son, you know, I like to teach him about um, animals and, and creatures that are small um, but are very uh, strong. And so that gives him the motivation to go around and feel like he's strong, you know. And so these are the things I want you to kind of incorporate, even if you have a little girl, if there's something about her. Like a lot of times little girls, for some reason, little black girls, their hair doesn't grow in until later in life. But then when it grows, it grows. And so it's like, you know, we may feel like, man, my little girl, her hair ain't growing and this and that, so she's not as pretty or she's this or she keeps being mistaken for a boy. And my son, he keeps being mistaken for a girl because he has long hair. So you see how it's like sometimes we allow little labels and, and things to cloud the reality. You know what I do? I tell him, say, say, I'm a boy, but not in a mean way, but just like so he knows because I don't want him internalizing nothing and feeling like, oh, why? I must look like I must be a girl. I'm a No. This is why people get trapped and confused sometimes because no one has ever told them that, no, you are what you are. And don't let anybody else condition you or subconsciously or subliminally condition you to think that you're this or that because you have this or that or because you do this or that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just being mindful and you have to be your child's regulator, sustainer until they're able to do it themselves. Like I said, children are like... Uh, us, we're like children sometimes too, but they're just, you know, uh, putty in people's hand. They're easily moldable, and for an insecure adult, we're the same way. We have that that inner child that's wounded that can easily be moldable when we're in that insecure and low state um, within ourselves. So self love, self acceptance, and I kind of just want to put that out there. So how to cultivate that within your child? Get books that represent things that defy the odds of what they may have been. Um, blessed with uh in their attributes and know that god does not do anything uh we are perfectly designed 
God did not create our bodies for anything to be cut off, altered, changed. Like I said, I'm not judgmental of people who do anything. Um, circumcision, I don't feel like that's uh, that's something that's a necessity. Um, and that's just something random I just put in there. But, yeah, just know that your body wasn't designed to cut anything off. Nothing was made wrong unless you have some kind of abnormality, of course. But, like, the average, the general way of the human anatomy was perfectly designed by God, and that's how it's supposed to be. Um, your hair, it doesn't have to be cut. It doesn't need to be cut off. It doesn't need to net. Like, your hair is an extension of you. And to me, it's like um, hair is is very spiritual uh, aspect of, a, of the human body. But, um, yeah, so just cultivating that self-acceptance and self-love within your child. Hey, y'all, so I want to do an uh, episode on... Parenting and motherhood. I know it's been a while since I've done one of my um, motherhood or parenting reflections or mother mom confessions. But if anyone knows me, motherhood and being a mom is a huge part of my identity. And God knows how much intention and will I put into raising my child to be the best um, that I that he can be with the tools that I have thus far. And as I grow and learn more and more, I evolve my parenting style. I try different things. I understand that what worked for me may not work for him. Um, You know, we are two different people. And everybody's a different person. What works for one person may not work for the other. And people who have multiple children can understand that because sometimes they have to use different parenting styles, different uh, products for hair, like everything is could be totally different. So it's a challenge. And me just having one on earth, you know, one in heaven, but only having to raise one on earth, I know it's a challenge and I only have one. But, um, and if you hear that noise, that's just my signal, like I am driving. But um, I just kind of want to talk about a few little things. So when you're frustrated or you're kind of, uh, repressing uh, emotions or you're irritated or you know you're feeling impatient or you're feeling a little ag don't take it out on your child don't release your repressed emotions on your child they're not a punching bag they're not the they should not be the source of any um, emotions that you are not dealing with on your own you know what I mean? Because, yes, they may be actually cutting up, but the thing is you have to ask yourself, your tolerance is already, um, how can I say, low. Your tolerance is already low because you're at a, a state of irritability. So you have to take that into consideration and know that if you was in a good mood, what they would be doing, what they're doing right now would probably be funny. But because you're irritated, now what's coming off is, oh, they cutting up in the ear and, and they getting on my nerves and yada, 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 and all this other kind of stuff. And it's like you have to um, sometimes just walk away, take a deep breath. Because I've caught myself, too, you know, <laughs> jacking my son up or, or just, like, you know, getting really, really frustrated and, like, you know, him getting on my nerves. I'm like, it's not really just him. These, this is his normal behavior. He's not doing something extraordinary that he hasn't, that he doesn't do already. But it's just now because I'm really probably biting my tongue with somebody else and not wanting to, you know, pop off on them. I'm trying to keep the peace. I'm trying to do this and and um, be the bigger person or just walk away from something. So now that 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 energy, that emotion has not been released. So now I come home. 
and I'm frustrated with them or it's the same thing with like, you know, parents or, you know, moms or dads when they go to work and their boss has been yelling at them all day long and then they come home and they take it out on their kids and wives or husbands and <laughs> they gotta be that's why they always say the ones you, you hurt the ones you love the most. Because you're typically uh probably taking it out, all your frustration out on them instead of uh really dealing with the issue. What you need to do is figure out a healthy way to release those emotions. Like for me, I'm going to be uh going for a walk right now. That's something that helps me get a peace of mind. Or sometimes journaling. But if I don't got time to journal, sometimes I have I'll, I'll like um, make notes in my phone or um, figure out other things to do. But I may even go for a run. Who knows? While I'm on that track, I may change my mind. <laughs> But, yeah, it's like figure out something to do. Recognize um, the the recognize that maybe you're feeling a little frustrated and, and maybe you're feeling a little irritable. And sometimes, I, I'm not going to lie, my son is three, but if anybody knows him, um, they know he's a very in, intelligent young boy. And I'll say things to him like, it's not you, buddy. Mommy's not mad at you, but I am frustrated, okay? Uh, go play over there. Or I'm, I'm going to go over here or I'm going to go in here or whatever. Because I don't want to take that out of him. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's, it's really not fair. And I just try to be, it's part of what I call conscious parenting. And um, I didn't coin this. This is some, a term that um, I've heard before. I don't know what, what other people have defined it as. But to me, it's just kind of being aware of, of, of your parenting style, of how you inflict um, your traumas, your fears. It's just being aware. It's like the same awareness I'm always preaching about for your own individuality. It's just kind of bringing that awareness into parenting. So, yeah, I just wanted to talk about that and just being mindful of your emotions and who you take them out on. And being, to me, one of the biggest things is acknowledging it. If you say something like in your head or, you know, you know, sometimes out loud it depends on who around i'm not gonna just be walking around blurting out i feel angry in the middle of the grocery store but <laughs> you know you could just be hey you know what I, I feel pissed right now but and that's okay it's not about the emotion i'm not gonna keep saying this it's not about the emotion there's nothing wrong with the emotion it's the behavior that's attached to the emotion that needs to be worked on if you're going around and you um talking to everybody crazy and just stupid and ignorant and you think because nobody has ever like checked you that you can walk around and keep doing that bullshit all day long then something you're gonna you're gonna find your day you can't do that you cannot do that somebody is gonna check you one day and 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 i'm trying to help you check yourself before you wreck yourself <laughs> But seriously, I'm only saying this because I do it myself too. This is not like a, a scolding or whatever. We all in here trying to help each other out and, you know, and better ourselves in some kind of way. It doesn't mean you're a bad person if you have done this thus far. Because the awareness now, now you know. And now you can work on it. We all work in progress. I ain't perfect. I Like I always say, I'm perfectly imperfect. God made me this way and everything I go through is shaping who I am and shaping who I'm going to be. So, yeah, just be aware. 
find out healthy ways, you know, acknowledge it, go do something to release it in a more positive way that doesn't inflict it on someone else. Or sometimes it just means maybe you do need to uh, uh, speak up to, to the person who you're repressing that emotion from. Maybe you don't need to bite your tongue. And there's a way to do it without being uh, like, you know, crazy too or ignorant. Like you can, but I know a lot of times anger is the easiest way to express our emotions because being sweet or being vulnerable or being sincere or being calm gets ran over. People feel like that's a, that's a personality or that's a person I can run over because, oh, they, 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 they got sense and they're mature and they're, um, they're emotionally mature and they, and oh, and, and, and that means they weak. Oh no, don't get it twisted. Don't take my kindness for weakness. I'm being civilized with you because decency is something that fuels my spirit, but don't get it twisted. Uh, the other side of me will come out. Believe it or not, people, all y'all ignorant folks who walk around ignorant 24-7, just know the people who are decent or who try to show respect and try to show customer service and try to show this and that and manners and all this decency, trust and believe they do have another side where there's light, there's dark, and it can come out in the bl uh, blink of an eye. But what we're doing is we're trying to be something that everybody needs to try to do and not just taking things out and not being so reactive we're trying to be more responsive and in control of ourselves because you are the one walking around out of control we're walking around in control of our own system of our own emotions of our own body of our own mind can you say that for yourself if 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 this is you i'm talking it's a wake-up call i'm talking to you take accountability for your actions these are the fundamentals that i'm always talking about the foundation of self that is being lost in the sauce but yeah, that's all I want to say. Be a conscious parent and don't take out your uh, emotions on your children. They're not your punching bag. Love you guys. Peace out. Rise and shine your light and opulent solution seekers. It's your brother, spiritual activist, coming to you with another word, message, spot of wisdom, whatever you want to call it. On today's reflection, I... Okay, so basically everything is a journey, right? And when you become a healer and when you feel like you've called, you've been called to be a spiritual teacher, you uphold this responsibility. Yes, you're on your own, you know, human experience, your own journey, and you're kind of sharing it with the world. Sometimes messages are for you, sometimes they're for the world, and sometimes they're a mix of both. And my journey has a lot of um, aspects, as, you know, I'm sure for a lot of people. And so as a mother, part of my journey is a motherhood journey, a parenting journey. And we all know that there's no real manual. I mean, there's this knowledge out there and there's information out there, but the wisdom really comes from within. And, you know, you have to tailor it to your lifestyle and, and your own divine intuition or whatever you want to call it or your own um, based on the things you want out of that, your child and your parenting beliefs. So I was reflecting on something that was kind of sparked or really um, sparked from a post I saw. And in the post, it was basically talking about like, so the little girl went goes to Sam's with her mother and her mother and the little girl wants this dress, $15 dress. And I don't know if the mother really couldn't afford it, but she's like, I really didn't want to buy it and yada, yada, yada. But she's like, because of that, she made up a rationalization and told the daughter, no, I don't think we should get it because daddy may not like it. So they didn't get the dress. A couple days later or whatever, next thing you know, she ends up buying the dress because she was, the little girl said something like, mom, I don't want the dress because dad may not like it. 
And so at that point, she realized she made a parenting mistake. And when your pride is, is humbled and you're able to learn from your mistakes and take accountability, you can see these, you can see mistakes more clearly, not from a place of self-judgment, you know? But so she, she realized like she now taught her daughter to seek validation over her own. You know what I mean? Like don't get something you love because have this fear of judgment or people loving you based on what you do for them or, or how you please them. Y'all get the idea. And this is something we do as adults. So in, in parenting, another little gem is that you learn a lot how to be an adult and how to heal as an adult through parenting because you start to ask yourself, would I really want my child to go through the same situation that I'm going through? By healing yourself, you're healing your children. And so this kind of made me think about stuff. It's like a lot of times, especially when it pertains to money, we always tell our child, like, you know, we ain't got it. We, we don't got the money. You and that. And I'm not saying don't have reality to your child, but I feel like don't make up false rationalizations that could really tarnish how they see the world and how they behave as adults. Like, for instance, if my son wants to go to these, like, all kind of classes for different kind of stuff, who knows, gymnastics, whatever, and if I feel like I can't really afford it, I don't want to just make up something and say, like, oh, gymnastics is not, it's not good. We shouldn't, that's stupid. Nobody wants to go to gymnastics. Like, that would, that could scar him. That could shadow an aspect of himself that that really would uplift his spirit. It could have all kinds of reactions. But instead, you know, you could say something like, I'm working on it. You know, I'm working on being able to give you into, get you into these classes or, you know, you know, we're not doing it right now to maybe the summer. We're gonna let's shoot for the summer. Like the goal is to get you in there for that. Just different stuff, you know, based on that. And it just it just let me be able to see things from a perspective of be careful what you put into your child or instill into them because it's gonna be very hard to break away from that. I made an analogy before. I'm not sure if I posted on my podcast before, but like I told, I was talking to one of my coworkers who's into, you know, black education and all this other kind of stuff too. And we, and I was just telling her, I was like, you know, I feel like from birth to like adolescence, children are like in, I want to say quicksand, but like loose cement. And as they get older and start to care more about what other people think besides their parents, it becomes harder and harder. It, it, so it hardens and it becomes solid concrete. So by the time they're an adult and they're able to see the world from a, a different perspective that's more centered about around their own needs, now they're having to chip away instead of just pull themselves out. Now they're having to chip away and unlearn to, to relearn to fulfill their own personal needs. Now that voice that is theirs is harder to hear and they have to work added like imagine their voice being buried at the bottom of that concrete pit that their legs are stuck into the roots of them so to get to that voice and hear it they have to chip away and chip away and that chipping away is chipping through all the conditioning all of the programming all of the uh instilling that they've acquired over a lifetime it doesn't mean to scare you or put some pressure on you as a parent give yourself grace we're all learning and that is okay that's why it's called a mistake and not a failure because you learn from mistakes you know that's how we learn as adults as humans as children period so that's the idea but as they're growing 
try your best to be more aware of the things that you tell them and the things that you subject them to and give them more room to wiggle. You know, don't box them in and say it's it's so so many obsolete, so many black or white. Like, it's either this or that. Sometimes say it's okay or use more words like, well, sometimes this happens and sometimes not. Because that gives them opportunity to create and cultivate balance in their lives and regulate things and manage things versus is this or nothing. Then that kind of like puts them in the box mentally. But yeah, that's just something I kind of want to share and express with you guys. Hopefully you can find something without with the within these words that inspire you and, and open you up and enlighten you in some kind of way in your own parenting, motherhood, fatherhood, whatever caretaking journey. As always, keep God first. Peace, love, light, and healing energies. Be open to receiving them. I love you guys. Peace out. So yesterday, I believe it was yesterday, I was talking to my husband and I was kind of having a stressful day, felt like spiritually defeated, you know, not knowing where my career is going, where I'm going as a spiritual teacher, as a spiritual activist, and just the journey of being a mother, of being a preschool teacher, and just really trying to give and nurture the black spirit without deflating it or disempowering or oppressing it can bring about a lot of emotions. And so my son, you know, it's always your own. (laughs) That gives you the hardest time because you have a lot tied up into that child. You know, subconsciously black people feel like their child is a representation of them, um, a reflection of them. And to a certain extent, yes, that can be true, but there are, ex, uh, ex, what's the word I'm looking for? Exceptions. I've seen parents who beat their child every day and they still act up every day. I've seen parents who do nothing in disciplinary and their child, children are well behaved and great. Um, and they're very, and their parents are neglectful. There, there's just, a spirit is a spirit. You don't own your child. So sometimes you have to let go and surrender. And meet your child where they're at. And of course that doesn't mean not have standards. Um, As I always have to remind y'all. Take everything with a grain of salt. You can sit here and waste your time. Dissecting and analyzing everything I say. And say well no. No not really. Not really. Or you can just listen to what I have to say. Interpret it in your own divine way. How it resonates with you. And let the rest go. But I was just getting frustrated. And just like you know. I'm like I'm tired of. The spanking being the only solution or, you know, it's like the only thing I can resort to or I just want to find a way to get through to my son in in ways of helping him with his aggressive behaviors, his um, lack of basically, I don't like to use certain labels, but to help you guys understand, like, the stubbornness, which is more of a strong-willed leader, you know, powerful person, that spirit. But teaching him that he has to learn how to be a leader and know when to follow. As I talk about him, he's waking up out of his sleep. Crazy. But yeah, basically, I was just talking to him about my frustrations and that 
there's already so many things out there in this world that are designed to disempower, defeat, control, box in. But yeah, guys. It's crazy. Every time I'm trying to do something, I swear. <laughs> I don't truly understand the the makings of why things happen when you're trying to do something. But whatever it is, it's annoying AF. But yeah, so it's like there's already so many things out in this world that are designed to make you forget who you are. And what power you have. As I'm sitting on the toilet making this podcast, my three-year-old peeks through the cracks. (laughs) What is it? Oh, my God, guys. Anyway. Come. You know, um... Nothing, I'm talking. But basically, so many things in this world that label us in ways that make us internalize so much. We come into this world into a psychological war in our minds. You know, battling what we've been told we are versus what we know we are. The soul versus the mind. All of the conditioned and programmed roadblocks that have been put into place to prevent us from getting and reaching our ultimate and limitless power. And just being mindful of that within yourself and within parenting and teaching. You don't want to instill and re... What's the word? Like, continue this cycle of... Domination, control, oppression. Bottom line. We're closing the mind instead of opening it. We're closing the access to our soul, to our infinite power. Versus accessing it. And I just... I'm trying always to nurture and teach my son how to control his energy channel his energy in healthier, productive ways. You know, overprotection leads to coddling, leads to enabling, leads to setting your child up for failure or rude awakening. You know, this fuels lack of discipline, structure, accountability, all the things they will need for success. This is why a lot of us struggle so much to focus on one thing. And then, you know, we carry as the ancestral DNA wakes up, we have all of these gifts that we could tap into. And we don't know what really resonates with us. We don't know what's true to our heart, you know, what to focus on. It's just so much to it. So many layers. We were very multifaceted, passionate people, so much energy, and we need that passion to keep our energy stimulated, to keep us stimulated. 
or else we get bored. We lose interest. We lose focus. And that's the same with children. Children are many ancestors, many adults. And they deserve more grace than we do because they don't even truly understand what's going on within them. At least we can say, we don't really either, but we've had 30 years in our, in our belt. What do they have? Three, two, five, ten? So you have to think about that. They have bad days. They have stress. They have anxiety. They just don't know how to label it. They're in the world too. Their energy, they, they feel energy. They feel the exile of society. This is why a lot of times they're very codependent, especially to the mothers, you know. But, you know, the black family and the black spirit, there's so much to it. And I almost hate talking about it on my platforms because I feel like sometimes people are just using it for research to find more ways to disempower us. And I will not be a pawn for anything that's malicious. But I know my intentions. And my intentions are that any word and wisdom that I get is so coded that the average person with malice intentions cannot interpret nor use it for evil gain. But you know, as I think about it, I just start to build confidence knowing that black women are the original healers, the original teachers. We have the capabilities to raise our children in the right way. We just have to continue to gradually align with that higher self, with that knowledge, that wisdom, that inner knowing of what our child needs, you know, giving them levels of independence, power, being their guide, not their tyrant, dictator, Knowing when to lead and when to follow. Letting go of the monster mentality that tells us everything is defiance and, and, you know, and not just aspects of strong will, leadership, power. The things we want our children to be that, but yet we're, con- <coughs> we're constantly putting roadblocks in there, sometimes intentionally, sometimes subconsciously, you know, we don't really, we're not always aware, and this isn't a shame on parents at all, because I'm in the boat with you, it's give yourself grace, you know, it's a journey of incorporating new ways of parenting without losing the true essence of tradition and the things that make black childcare sought out. You have to think about think about movies like The Help. Think about preschools and how they're always trying to get I'm sorry, they're always trying to staff black teachers. Why do you think that is? Why do you think other races, namely white, prefer black people to raise their children because of the lessons that they learn when they're with them, because of the knowledge and the preparedness they have, like the ability to take care of themselves and survive and just that wisdom that a lot of times you just can't get from teaching knowledge intelligence and wisdom are different things
they can be intertwined, but some things are just not necessarily teachable. You have to just tap into that and ask for that kind of wisdom, for that kind of knowledge. And speaking on knowledge, yeah, I'm going off the topic, but I I think I have a, po- um, a post about this, about confidence. But in building confidence, let go of shame of not knowing and understanding. A lot of, you know, a lot of us spiritual teachers, we use vocabulary or jargon that can be confusing or intimidating. And, you know, we're all in this de-swinging contest of who knows the biggest words, who knows the most history, who knows the most dates, who knows the most political news, who knows the most um, spiritual uh, whatever, you know. And sometimes that can that's not what your tribe your tribe is most nine times out of ten lacking the knowledge. So if you come to them already on level thirty five and they haven't even read the first two pages of the book, how much success how much of a success rate do you think you're gonna have? There's a fine line as being a teacher that you have to understand knowing how to bring down the notch of trying to prove, you know, like conversations with your colleagues and fellow healers is different from conversations with your tribe. And just, we have to humble ourselves. I know a lot of times we want to, you know, the ego is like, yeah, I'm smart too. But I've learned to stop trying to compete with people and seem smart when I know, just because I don't know what you know, does not make me dumb, does not make me Whatever, because some some people can have street smarts and have no book smarts, and that does not make them less than. And some people can have all the book smarts and wouldn't know how to tie their shoe if it's to save their life or fix a meal to save their life. You know what I mean? So it's like everybody has something. Don't let people knock you down because that's the total opposite of what a healer or teacher is supposed to be doing. Teachers and healers are not supposed to be spreading knowledge to make you feel dumb or less than it's supposed to be spreading knowledge to empower uplift and educate you and elevate you so yeah keep all that in mind as always keep god first peace love light and healing energies be open to receiving it love you guys peace out hey y'all so I know I kind of touched on this a little bit on my conscious parenting uh, thing, but like I said, this goes beyond parenting. This is just an everyday life type situation um, when when it comes to regulating your mood and your emotions and how you feeling. And so I was talking to my husband about work and all this other kind of stuff and just um, just going through life and like, you know, situations where People want to handle you crazy or talk to you crazy and take your weakness for kindness. I mean, I'm sorry, take your kindness for weakness or whatever. And and, and like I said, just like there's light, there's dark. Just because <laughs> you think I'm saved or because I'm a this decent person, don't don't get it twisted. Like 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 this like the saying goes, I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Like so, don't think. I won't get ignorant with you because sometimes you have to give a person a taste of their own medicine for them to really see. Because that's really the only language they understand. They don't understand kindness. They they take that as weakness. It don't matter. Like you being a bigger person sometimes does not work. And sometimes, excuse me, sometimes what someone needs 
is really um somebody to give it to him rough like give it to him like I'm not playing with you bro like you think you could talk to me and handle me any kind of way and and so we were just talking about this okay so um say you got somebody say you working out in the sun right and then you know you you got to work with other people but there they have to delegate you or, or, or direct you to do your job but say they hot and irritable and thirsty or hungry hangry whatever they're going through right you don't know what they're going through and so they handling you all kind of crazy ways and talking to you stupid and getting mad at you and, and then you you sitting up there like you know what Heck no, nah, I ain't doing nothing wrong. You ain't finna handle me no type of way. And then, uh, so you you gotta get stupid with him. And like, you may have to curse him out. And 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 I ain't gonna lie to you, cursing. I don't. I'm not a big cursor, but I will do it because honestly, it's a stress reliever. It's therapeutic. It can be very therapeutic, especially for a person who don't curse often. It's just words, and words are are energy. And it's like you releasing that energy. Like when you frustrate, frustrated, angry, pissed. When you start cursing and stuff, you're releasing that energy. Like, sometimes it's good. And even if it's just by yourself, like, in a room, like, it ain't got to be, like, like curse people out. That's not what I'm saying. My point is, sometimes you got to put people in their place or just let them know, like, I ain't the one. You know what I'm saying? Like, because people will walk all over you and run over you. And it doesn't always take that. But like I said, sometimes in, in life, being this uh, lifestyle type coach that I am, I'm going to let you know that there is going to be hypocrisy. So you may be saying, dang, you just said be the bigger person or be uh, a better person. Don't take your, the, and watch your behavior and yada, yada, yada. But like I also said, every case and every life situation is different. And it's all about you becoming wise and knowing when to pull out what tools and what to do what. Like you have to know, is this a situation where I want to waste my breath and go into this and go back and forth and, and debate and do this or do that? Or is this a situation where I want to walk away and be a bigger person? Sometimes you're going to say, I don't want to walk away. And I need to, and this person needs to hear it because they don't walk through their, through life all their life talking to people crazy. And this is a consensus amongst a lot of people. And so I need to set them straight. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to make me feel good. Oh, well, I'm not perfect. I'm perfectly imperfect. Sometimes, like I said, you got to curse them I got. <laughs> so, and, and that's just as simple as that. Like, people think you just, you know, you, you they may know, may have known you as one way, and then you grow and you mature, and you, you know, you're not about all that conflict anymore. You're not about all that plexing all the time. You're not about all that, uh, just always complaining and nagging and, and talking to people stupid and ignorant. And so they think now, oh, this nigga, he, he weak now. Or, or, this, or she just uh, brand new or all these things. And they think now that they can just talk to you and hand you any kind of way. And sometimes you got to remind them, nah, nigga, I'm doing this for me. I'm being a better person for me, not for you. But don't get it twisted. I will still get with you. Like, it ain't no, it ain't no, uh... What what's what's the saying? Hey, I don't know, but basically, you ain't no weakness in your blood. Basically, uh, and 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 like I said, walking away and being a bigger person is not a weakness either. So just knowing that you got strength in every decision you make, like I said, life is all about making choices, and you got the choice in everything that you do. And so just know that every action 
has a reaction. Every action has a possible consequence, but it's still you making that choice and having stepping into your sovereignty and your autonomy and and, and in control of your life. You stepping into the driver's seat and being a co-creator of your reality. And then, you know, sometimes you got to make the choice, a decision to cut people out your life if they're constantly um, putting you in situations that you don't want to be in. But also, I'm not a believer. I'm not a person who preaches and cut off, cut off, cut off everybody. Uh, run away from your problems because a lot of times that's the easy route out. I'm a big believer and optimist of healing relationships. Sometimes you are put into people's life to help them heal. And that person actually is very much like you. And that's why you bump your heads a lot. And sometimes you need to help each other heal. You're put into each other's lives because y'all are like spiritual guides to each other. And when I say spirit, let me say, like I always say, my disclaimer is when I use the word spiritual, I'm not talking about something grandiose. Spirituality is just life. You know what I mean? And and sometimes, yes, there's, there is a spiritual realm, but I'm not talking about spirits. I'm just saying when I use the word spiritual or something like that, I'm just meaning seeing things from a bigger perspective or, you know, higher perspective and just with more insightfulness to it. But yeah, that's all I want to say. Sometimes let a nigga know you can't, don't take my kind as a weakness. But that's all, y'all. Peace out. You know why I think kids eventually end up rebelling or like going through that wild stage? For one, it's nothing that you really could have done. Like every child, like I said, as humans, we we learn from experience. And sometimes that's part of that journey is going through life, being wild, uh, making mistakes. But yeah, so, um, you know, they got to they gotta go through that. That's part of their journey, making mistakes, getting burned, getting heartbroken, um, getting those tickets, getting in the wreck, doing all these things that we've all kind of been through in some form or fashion. But um, also, I think a lot of times children rebel against us because we don't show them that other side of us. You know, we have our, our I don't even want to say persona, because that's more of a sense of being fake. It's not that you're being fake. It's just that you're um, you're being PG-13 or PG-2 or PG-3. You know, you're, you're censoring yourself for your child. Yeah, just because you like to twerk and listen to this music, that don't mean you really necessarily want to expose your child to this exact thing that you do. And that doesn't mean you're not being real or you're not showing them the real. It just means that you're being conscious of the fact that they are children and they are still impressionable. And as they get older, you'll expose them little bit by little bit more of who they are. Now, I don't believe in like totally if you this total drug dealer or something, you know, and I'm being extreme because this is what they show a lot on TV. And it's like you don't want and then you feel like and you have a whole nother life when you come home like you don't think that that's going to be within their child you don't think eventually they're going to go down that path and i'm all about exposing them before they get exposed if that makes sense uh if you're going to drink drink with me if you're going to smoke smoke with me uh or something like i want you to be in a secure environment where you can see what your first reaction is and all this other kind of stuff also i think it's because we don't teach balance a lot like i don't think it's realistic to think that your child is never going to eat candy sugar cookies junk food but what i teach my son is as junk food is is in essence bad in a sense because you don't want to eat too much of it it can't give you tummy aches it can't give you t- cavities um stuff like that and ultimately we all still living <laughs> like that's how i look at it. like i eat candy i eat junk and like ultimately 
I'm not, my health isn't poor, but that's not what I'm trying to teach him. I do want to help him make smarter uh, eating habits and, and be more conscious of his nutrition, but I teach him balance. You can have that bag of chips, but now you need to have some salad, or you can have these, um, you know, um, fast food or pizza, but now let's go home and eat a home-cooked meal, or, you know, just trying to eat something more nutritious that, that you know where it came from and you know how it was prepared and stuff like that so just teaching balance and moderation and not necessarily limiting because you have to also be realistic don't be a hypocritical parent and it's not do as I say not as I do you have to try to incorporate the same things you're doing for your child with you because you can't expect them to heal or have a different way of being when you're not in, when you're not doing it as well they learn from modeling and you're within their DNA so um, there's a lot of spiritual connection and, and the spiritual aspects about it. But ultimately, just focus on the fact that what they see what you do and they model it. And, you know, there's a lot of things that are with them that you may not even want them to be to like harbor or have, but they will. So you have to teach them how to uh, recognize and be aware and not pretend like uh, what they don't know uh, they want to be exposed to. Not what you don't know you won't hurt you. Not that, but like thinking that out of sight out of mind if I never expose them to something or if I never bring it up oh if I never talk about sex they'll never uh do it or they'll never no that's that's detrimental and that's why sex education is becoming it's I believe it's starting to get into schools more because we really need to there's we've been misconceived to thinking that what we don't talk about with our children they, they they're not going to understand it's more like if you watch a tv show and something inappropriate comes on instead of being like oh, go close your eyes go in the room if they seen it talk about it discuss it and if it's something that goes against your belief system talk about it discuss it they've already saw it now so you telling them oh shun shun this and and you know that's gonna make them curious we are curious by nature and so what you don't uh, expose them to they're gonna be like a a tiger and that you that's been caged and you let the beast out the cage when they hit college that's why they go wild and crazy why do you think the preacher's kids i always be the uh, most uh, uh, promiscuous or you know we, we know what's up uh, all this kind of you know things that we hear and stuff because they've been so strict like their upbringing has been so strict that now it's like their spirit wants to experiment and you haven't uh, groomed their spirit to know yeah it's okay to have freedom and wildness but the grounding and the stability is what a lot of us are lacking and that's why a lot of people are also getting extra wild and thinking that they, oh now i'm free i'm liberated no but are you do you have any dignity do you have any self-worth along with that they're fundamentals of everything and those are things that we need to instill in them as as parents guess what guys my son is going to the party like a big boy alexa stop James, say, I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. Say it louder. I'm a big boy. <laughs> you go pee-pee in the potty? Yeah. You go poo-poo in the potty? Yeah. Yes. What does everybody do? Peace. Everybody pees. What else does everybody do? Everybody poops. Everybody poops. You got it. I'm so proud of my son, and guess what? We're going to have a potty party, right? Yeah. Go to it. It's going to be this weekend, okay? I want to go to it. You want to go to it? I'm going to get you some cupcakes. Mommy and Daddy are so proud. And guess what? You're going to have to, you're going to get to play with your cousins. 
It's going to be so much fun. And a little pool, and the water, with bubbles, all types of fun things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, guys, that was me and my mommy voice talking to my son um, about how proud I am of him. You know, when raising young black children, it's essential and a must to constantly give them validation. You got to remember, they're carrying that the spirit as well. You have to realize that they carry that DNA as well. You created them with what you carry. When you and your husband or, you know, boyfriend, man, whatever, baby daddy, they, y'all created this child together, you put your DNA information and he put his DNA information. And that is carried along in that child. So I see the little insecurities within him and he's just a pure, pure child. And I know I've, me and my husband, we've done everything to cultivate a happy, loving child. And he really is. He's, I'm telling you, everybody who knows him knows he's special. And, you know, he really is. But I still can see the, um, the insecurities, the little aspects of the vacant esteem, the need to uh, conform and blend in, to fit in and be accepted and have friends. And, you know, these are, are normal things that come with children. But I can just see it and it's like, you have to give these children validation and, you know, between me and my husband not rushing and comparing our son to anybody else and like, oh, he's three, he should be potty trained or he's two, he should be potty Oh, your child's a potty trained at one. Oh, my gosh. We didn't pressure or rush him for one. We, um, my husband was like, oh, we could do the um, sticker. I can't remember exactly what part he was like. He's like, yeah, so we bought this Paw Patrol potty at Walmart. And um, it come, it makes the little sounds and all these other kind of things. And he really loves uh, Paw Patrol. So that was motivating for him. And then, you know, when I went to his, like, checkup, the doctor's like, you know, he, he already had these little underwears at Paw Patrol. And she's like, you know, buy some underwear that he likes and, you know, say stuff like, you don't want to go pee-pee on, on Chase or you don't want to go pee-pee on Rubble. And it just kind of being very positive. And that's... This positive reinforcement, I feel like a lot of times in our community, we take it as being white or being a white parent. And honestly, it's sad that we feel that being positive or speaking in a friendly, loving tone is being white. (laughs) We need nurturance as well. And just because I ain't saying, boy, get your butt over here. And I'm saying, sweetie, what's wrong, buddy? And all that, that doesn't mean I'm being white. It just means I'm trying to talk to my son in a nurturing, sweet tone that I feel like I don't have to handle him like the, the, the a street nigga. You know what I'm saying? Somebody off the street or, or my partner or my girlfriend. Like, I'm not going to. We Code switching is nothing wrong with it because, honestly, you there's different strokes of different folks. You have to change up your tone to, to cater to different audiences and that's the the gift that we have by being such mutable and adaptable people use that as a gift and not as you know reframe it i know where the roots of it comes from because you know when the master would come around we would have to switch up and, and speak in code and so they wouldn't know what we was talking about and you know and when we're trying to get these jobs we may have to put on our little you know a little more articulate voice these are gifts that we have <laughs> that make us um who we are today and why we have survived so long. But yeah, so it's like, give them that positive reinforcement. You know, we got the thing, the pot, and it came with a sticker chart and I reprinted more sticker charts. All you got to do is pull them up on Google and print them out if you have a printer or library or whatever. And 
every time he would finish a, a row of stickers, he would get like a little, either a little piece of a chocolate, a couple chocolate chips. It doesn't have to be a whole Snickers. Like I used to break a Kit Kat in half. I was breaking that and I give him that or I give him, um, or I'd be like, Hey, so you want to go and we go to the dollar store. Kids don't need no expensive stuff. They're going to throw these toys away. You can go to Goodwill and get a full-blown name-brand nice toy with batteries and everything, <clears throat> two dollars. You know what I'm saying? Like, let them go and pick out something. A lot of times we let this materialism and this consumeristic uh, type of culture we have get in our heads and, like, not understand that kids are more connected to spirit than anything. And when I say connected to spirit, I mean, like, they're more connected to how things make them feel versus how the ego makes us and, and the mind wants us to get something based on the, the price value or the name or the labeling. They're not so um, indoctrinated with that type of way of being, even though, um, you know, certain media platforms and they want to bombard our children with so many toys and, and conditioning with that, too. But you just got to know that the simplest things, how many times have you bought a child a toy and they play with the box? <laughs> Because they don't need all of that. Seriously. Like, I ain't saying don't buy your kids no toys, but I'm just saying, no, everything is a balance. And you don't have to break the bank to bring joy to a child. But, yeah, so with the with the little, me and my husband working together, not rushing him, letting him letting him show us the signs and waking up with dry diapers and um, behind the potty, giving him positive reinforcement. Oh, my gosh, I'm so proud of you. You're doing a great job. You're a big boy. Getting him the big boy underwear that he likes. Um, you know, sometimes going free and like no diaper, nothing, just walking around the house so that he knows like it's a little more uncomfortable. I can't really peel myself or poop on myself, you know, setting out three days, uh, you know, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, whatever works with your work schedule, like three consecutive days where you're going to work. And I would suggest all of you moms out there or dads who are trying to potty train your sons, you know, look up the three day potty training thing. And, you know, dad, sometimes take your son to the bathroom and show him how to do it. But sometimes they may not do it well standing up at first. And that's okay. You can always transition from sitting to standing. Because when you poop, you got to sit down and, and, and pee like that anyway. But this is for all my boy moms. But, you know, just in general, these little potties that, that you press the flush button and the little cheers button, that's a good toy. And they have them for boys and girls. And, you know. But, yeah, so all of that cultivated something and now I'm going to celebrate we're celebrating how proud we are of our son and we're going to you know get him some little I may make some little nachos burger I mean chili dogs whatever and have some chips and cupcakes and 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 bubbles and a little little cheap pools you buy at Walmart you put fill it with water and some little water toys and let them just play like let him celebrate that he's it's a different, you should celebrate the little wins as parents. Know that you're doing something right and constantly remind yourself that you're raising these beautiful young minds and children with the most positivity you can, despite the circumstances you're in, you know, um, um, letting them know how proud you are of them, how powerful they are, how talented and skillful and creative they are constantly giving them these affirmations every single day, um, 
you know, naturally, you don't have to just stand up in a mirror and say, we're going to go down the list, which is fine because I've done it that way too. But just naturally, wow, I'm so proud of you, buddy, that that was really creative or good job, sweetheart, or um, that was really intuitive and not just good job all the time. Find other creative ways or, oh, wow, that was really creative or that was really intuitive. A lot of times we sell our children short and we don't realize how smart they are and we talk to them in baby way or simple way. No, these children are sponges of knowledge. Pour into them. Pour into them. They're like a seed. Everything that you love is like a seed. And you have to give it nurturing, love, attention for in order for it to go, grow and flourish. But that's all I want to say. Just my proud parent moment, proud mom moment of my son and being potty trained. And I'm going to throw him a potty party. Guys, think about it. It's a, it's a new little thing. I, I, I'm trying to start now. But all right. <laughs> love you guys. Peace out. So post potty party recap, it was a great turnout, went to Family Dollar, got some little water toys, my cousin, I, I used her blow a pool, we had a little slip and slide, I got that from the Family Dollar that you, you know, you put the water hose to it and you just slip and slide, I'm going to tell you right now, put some kind of baby oil or something on your body because <laughs> you ain't going to, you going to, you going to, I don't know. Just put some on that and make you slip. Anyway, the kids had a blast. They loved the pool and the little. I had like little um, drinks and fruit snacks and um, nachos, pizza, um, chips. It was a very you know just simple like not too much, not too crazy. Bubbles, and my son loved it. And you know my cousin, I mean not my cousin, my sisters got him a couple outfits and. Um, some underwear, some little cool underwear to keep him motivated, and it was a great turnout. Um, and guess what? <laughs> he ended up having a, an a accident, a poop one at that, and I had to throw away his swim diaper. But this, but did I get embarrassed? No, because I'm like, this is what I say. It's like because I say he's potty trained does not mean accidents are not gonna still happen. And I talked about this before. Like we have so many pressures to be perfect that we think. Perf we think success or having a skill set or having a a knowledge or having a training means no mistakes, no mess ups, no accidents. No, we are human and we can't forget that. It's not an excuse, but it's just reality. But um, yeah. So and I even made it known. I was like, look at this potty party and I had an accident. You know, it, it made you laugh. Sometimes you gotta laugh about the stuff. But one of the biggest takeaways I had from it, like overview, like. After, you know, everything was gone and I, was, I started thinking about the day, I started thinking about how um, uh, rest, how rest is something that is necessary, it's transformative, it's for, the, you know, people who like the spiritual jargon, it's alchemy, it's you transmute the energies or, you know, you allow yourself to rejuvenate, it's, um, and it's needed, it's something that I feel like a lot of us, especially, you know, the moms and the multitasking mindset we we constantly are moving and sometimes we're moving because we're trying to stay out of our head which is cool but do it to calm the anxiety but still you can be that become the observer you know what i'm saying like you can still be like doing what you do and calming your body and calming your system while you still observe yourself it's a form of active meditation but um and I'm going to talk about that uh, later on in another uh, post, but episode. 
But yeah, so rest is something that we have to practice sometimes and that we have to incorporate into our regimen or routine. It needs to be something that is incorporated. Just like you take your multivitamin, just like you do this or do that, rest is important. And I stress that to my son. I stress a lot of things to him because I know it's going to be embedded in his mind and he knows, you know, rest is important. Uh, different things. Sometimes people get sick. Um, sometimes you're sad. Sometimes you're mad. These are like essential things. So it doesn't give him anxiety. And he knows that this is part of human nature. You know, uh, human nature needs to be more um, taught so that people don't get so much anxiety. And we need to normalize normal reality. Like, but yeah, that was just one of my biggest takeaways and how much I love spending time with my family, sisters, mom, cousin, dad, and you know. Papa say today because we couldn't get that thing off of that uh, hose, but he came and he did his thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to kind of share that recap with you guys and just do little things for your kids. Celebrate every little win. You know, it's it's all about the journey, but we got to celebrate the little wins. That's what matters most in their lives. Every win is one step closer to their destination. But it is a journey, like I said. So you got to remember, stopping to smell the roses is part of the journey. You know, all the little pit stops, all the flat tires, all of the um, restroom breaks. I'm using analogies, by the way. It's just part of the ins and outs of life and the journey. And you can have multiple goals within that journey, multiple destinations within that journey. And, you know, make the little steps or the plans to get to each destination, each pit stop, you know. But, all right, guys, that's all. Rise and shine your light and opulent solution seekers. It's your girl, the spiritual activist, coming to you with another word, message, bottle wisdom, whatever you want to call it. So today, this message is going to be more on the parenting side. Um, and it's for all those parents who just are very hard on yourself so before I even get into it give yourself grace because I remember when I first started getting like you know messages and listening to people speak on different things and and that such when I was you know ready to make changes and 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 change generational patterns and thought processes and whatnot it was becoming it, it could become a little overwhelming so that is not my intention my intention is to just plant the seeds and you know for you to water them as you go and to you to um harvest those crops where you feel like it's time and you're ready and so basically this kind of goes back and like just to bring awareness that studies have shown that children absorb information more when they're like it's gonna be weird but like when they eavesdrop and like when they overhear you saying stuff like you know say like it's and you know i learned this from a dr judy degroy i believe that's her name she wrote post-traumatic slave syndrome that book and so she talks about it, like, you know, the black mom goes to, to talk to the teacher, right? And she's like saying like, oh, uh, or she's talking to the white mom. And then the white mom's like, oh, yeah, your, your son, uh, your son's so, the black mom tells the white mom, your son's so smart. And she's like, oh, yeah, he does this, this, and this. And he's, um, he's this and this activity and that activity. And then the mom, white mom says, well, your son actually is even smarter or even smart or smart as well. She's like. Yeah, but but girl, he do this and he do this too, and he get into this trouble. And he get and so that little black boy sitting at the table, you know, next to him a little bit back, he's overhearing all of these, you know, negative things and not seeing that his mom has deflected or, you know, or not necessarily deflected, but like has not taken the compliment because she couldn't take that compliment. She had to 
create some other things to like humble herself or humble her child and like make it seem like, oh yeah, I'm not this or not that, but really just it's it's showing a lack of confidence because you wanted to seem like you were humble and not, you know, stuck up, arrogant or whatever you may have felt. And also she equated that to in slavery. That is a way that mothers try to make their kids seem less valuable so that they wouldn't be taken away. So they wouldn't be worked harder. So it's kind of like it goes with that strong black woman, strong black man narrative too. A lot of times when you are have that attachment or that label attached to you, you get used, you get put more work on. It It, it, it puts a like this big sign on your back or your forehead that's saying, I'm strong and skilled. So use me for all that I, you know, I can because I'm strong, you know? So, so to kind of, act that people create like you know that they, they act like they're not so it's just but but basically the point is that child overhears that and he don't absorb the fact that you know the lady said that he was smart he absorbs the fact that his mom did not allow him to get that his flowers and that and that glory and in in that compliment and she downplayed it and she no, not subconsciously. Like she wasn't trying to harm her son, but she thought she was doing it from a good place because there is that deeply rooted conditioning that travels all the way from the way we've been uh, experienced life in this world. You know what I mean? In America, whatever. And so it just goes to show you that be careful what you say around your child, because even though your thought process may still hold a lot of wounds and a lot of complexes and a lot of narratives, they start picking up and creating these narratives at a very young age. From birth to seven years old, their mind is like in the hypnosis state where they're absorbing everything. They're creating their own sets of beliefs. They're creating a foundation that they're going to be operating out of for their for the rest of their life. And not to say that this cannot be reprogrammed or shifted or anything. It's just to be more aware and consciously um, aware of what you're instilling into your child, whether passively or actively. Like, or, you know, you may not realize it. Like, for example... I understand that I carry a lot of victim mentality and a lot of, uh, you know, mindsets around, you know, with that activist spirit I have, you know, that the world isn't fair for black people and this and that. And whether that be true or not, it already establishes a very deep sense of defeat, a very deep sense of frustration, anger, rage. Um, and for some people, they can, they have a competitive spirit where they thrive and feed off of adversity. And they use it as fuel. They use it as a means to defy the odds. Some people have that naturally. And some people are are just get defeated by it and depressed by it. And so you don't know what spirit your child is going to tap into. So for the sake of their spirit being uplifted or staying in a state of, don't put your experience and how you perceive the experience onto them. So just for example, we went to a little trunk or tree yesterday. And it was attached to uh, a cultural event that's, you know, that wasn't, you know, associated with, you know, African-American, but it was a, a cultural event. And I noticed I was just like getting irritated because all the freaking lines, to all these trunks were like so long. And we was waiting in line for like 15 minutes. You get up there, you, you know, they give you one or two pieces of candy. And then I'm looking around at some other people. I'm like, bro, they giving handfuls of candy to each of these kids and you giving me one or two. It's just like. That 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 thought started coming up again. That voice started coming in again. Like, bro, there you go. You you always getting the short end of the stick. You always getting the bad luck. You always all this stuff is just pissing me off and making me more and more and more angry. And like, oh, I see they giving the kids of this race more candy. And then they tell they turn the other little 
black kids around saying, oh, no, we're done, we're done, and this and that. And then that goes, that, that boy said, that creeps in about like, oh, yeah, they go to racism, they go to prejudice, oh, all these narratives start just coming up and coming up and coming up, and it started stealing the joy for me. It started stealing um, my presence within this whole event. The reason, the purpose for me to take my child was for him to have fun, was for him to, to engage, and was for me to, you know, relax and, and, and be this, uh, engaged and active, uh, mom with my son's younger years, something that, you know, I, I pride myself in wanting to have this life work balance. And so I had to come back to it and be like, this is, what was the purpose of this event? What was the intention for him to have fun? Is he having fun? Yes. So even if he is getting one or two candies, he doesn't mind. He doesn't feel the same way I feel. He doesn't, he's not feeling like he's way, even though he did say it's a long line. <laughs> But after that, he let it go and he just, you know, he got his little candy. He was good. Even if it was one or two, he he was good. Like he didn't think like, I don't have a lot of candy or uh, they gave him more. He didn't feel that way. And if I would have started putting that, my feelings and emotions and thoughts onto him, that would have stole his joy. And a lot of times we steal our child's joy when we start putting our the way we see the world and life onto them too early. And that's what I'm saying, like a lot of this activism and a lot of the, you know, social justice and political mindset and um, racial awareness or racism awareness we put on our kids is still in a joy. You don't want to program with, oh, you have to, there's all how they do these white folks out here. It's going to be a little white kid. They're going to treat you bad because you black and this, and, 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 oh yeah, well, you're going to have to work harder. Oh, and make sure he on four years old, make sure you don't cut up because if a cop come, they're going to be, they're going to put you out on the ground before they put the white folks on the ground. And they look, they giving all the little white kids all this candy. They ain't giving them none. Even if I'm talking to another parent, all this stuff that you saying either directly to them or around them, you're creating narratives that have them in, like, you got to ask yourself, what is this mindset going to do to this child? Whether they wake up, grow up, and they and they have a, this, you know, it's not about being gullible or naive, but if they have this more positive perspective on life, then they're going to be able to achieve more. But the more and more we beat them down and beat them down with these negative narratives, some, yes, there may, there is racism in this world. Yes, we are, a lot of us are conditioned with these unconscious biases and these prejudices and these stereotypes, but that doesn't have to be something that affects him. It affects you when you start putting it in your mind and telling them this is going to affect you. But when that's a limited mindset, that's a limited belief system. But when you tell a child, no matter what, you can defeat the odds. When you can tell a child that they can be whatever they want, they can achieve anything they put their mind to, then those are the mindsets you need to establish. It doesn't mean don't establish them to have a strong confidence and, and self-love and, you know, be happy that they're a young king, you know, a, a strong black boy and a strong black girl, whatever it is or a princess, or a queen, or a goddess, whatever it is that you help them build their sense of confidence and sense of self, you don't have to do that by telling them to, to do this to defeat racism. When the foundation is strong enough, it's going to defeat it on its own, because no matter what's going on around them on the outside, the inside is stable and strong enough to withstand that. So that's just something I was thinking about as well. And so, yeah, and then I was just kind of reflecting on you know, my perfectionism, perfectionism and like how, you know, as a mom and dad or parent, whatever, we a lot of times harbor a lot of guilt and um, overwhelm. Like today was, they had Red Ribbon Week and today was Camo Day. But I didn't look at my little screenshot that I, that showed me. And so I was like, you know, rushing and rushing, trying to get the, 
book character shirt. He didn't have one that was long sleeve. It was cold. So I just say, you know, your shirt got a book character on it and your shoes got a book character on it. So if they ask you, that's what it is. <laughs> but come to find out, it was camo day. So after I had dropped them off, I was so pissed and I was beating myself up about it and this and that. And I was like, you know, you have to relax. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay. You're not going to get everything right every time. Bro, I, when I tell you, I was thinking of scenarios of going back and changing them in the bathroom and all this other stuff. All because I forgot to, I, I didn't get the day right and I and I put him on the this shirt instead of that shirt. And it's like these are the things that we gotta give ourselves grace for as a parent. And I know I'm not the only parent out here who kinda like is very hard on themselves, beat themselves up, has this perfectionism, has this inner voice that's always, you know, trying to defeat them down. But the the growth comes when you have that awareness and you can stop that voice. Because when I was at that trunk or tree, at one point I say, you know, you just gotta stop. Just look at him. He's smiling. He's running. He's playing around. Seeing for that. Don't see him for. And I was getting so irritated. Stop doing this. Do this, 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 this. All these things. And I was like, bro, you you're not doing what you came here to do. You you turn something that's supposed to be fun into something that's becoming miserable. So I was like, you know, let me let go. And then after I like quieted that voice, I was able to focus and concentrate. I just made a post about the key to success and discipline, or whatever. But a lot of times it's about quiet in that voice when things happen in life it triggers those thoughts it triggers those feelings it triggers those emotions becoming this trickle-down effect that does nothing for us but create more obstacles and roadblocks and adversity becoming this vicious cycle so you have to try to figure out ways to overpower that and quiet that voice so so the voice that actually motivates you and uplifts you and empowers you starts to rise up and takes the driver's seat again like I said, you are the driver. Your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, those are backseat passengers. Those are like music on a radio station. You could turn a station when you're tired of listening to that same old sad song. Because at the end of the day, you still got to get to where you're going. And, and this song is not going to change whether you can get there or not. All it's going to do is affect your mood. And, and you're going to have to do something about that. Because do you want this trip and this journey to be a miserable one or do you want it to be as joyful as possible? So you have to start to change the company you keep. And that company you keep is also within you. You got to know what voices you allow to to, speak, to actually have a platform to speak and which ones you tell, nah, bro, you got to keep, you You can sit this one out. You, you can't accompany me. You can't, you don't get a chance to talk because every time you talk, I get the feeling this way. And every time I get the feeling this way, I don't do what I set out to do. So I got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really got to do that with yourself. It's, it's nothing wrong with talking to yourself and, and, and getting yourself back to a, a place of, of peace and balance and grace. But yeah, that's all I want to kind of talk about. So just be aware of what, the, what you program your child and instill in your child and program within your child because it will create narratives. You have to ask yourself what kind of narratives you want your child to have. You want them to have a, a mindset that no matter what, they're going to always win. No matter what, they're not going to give up. No matter what, they're going to persevere. No weapons formed against them can prosper. In the name of Jesus, amen. But as always, keep God first. Peace, love, light, and healing energies. Be open to receiving them. I love you guys. Peace out.